Hey metalheads, you like tattoos? Of course you do. If you're in the Louisville, Kentucky area, come on over the bridge to Clarksville, Indiana and get you some ink done at Ageless Art. If ink isn't your thing, they have a piercing studio as well. Visit agelessartclarksville.com to see some frequently asked questions, meet the staff. The shop is open Monday through Thursday, 12 to 8 p.m., Saturdays, 12 to 10 p.m., and Sundays, 12 to 6 p.m., all appointment-only spots. You can set up your appointments by phone at 812-283-1793 or email piercing at gmail.com and someone will get you set up for your first or your next tattoo or piercing. Hey, Metalheads, after going to a Rager, what's your ultimate go-to? Mine is totally pizza. So when Overload is playing or I'm promoting the Metal Forge Live showcases or the big goddamn metal show, I go to Pizza Donisi. Pizza Donisi is gourmet artisan pizza from right here in Louisville, Kentucky. It features things like the pizza of the month, the sandwiches, and also vegetarian and vegan options, which is so totally fucking cool for all, all of it's It's awesome pizza. You definitely want to go. Hey, and also, from time to time, they do cannolis. Oh, so fucking good. You know what they said, man. Leave the gun, take the cannoli. Yeah, just like that in Godfather. They're located right next to the Mag Bar at 1396 South 2nd Street. So either stop in or call in at 502-213-0488. They're open till midnight. The witching hour. Heineken? Fuck that shit! Pabst Blue Ribbon! Hey, metalheads, you all hear me talk about Magbar all the time. It is the home to the Metal Forge Live showcases and is an integral stop in the ultimate underground metal tour schedule. They obviously feature live music, but the Magbar also has daily specials like Pint and Slice Night on Tuesdays with Pizza Donisi. But they also do Bring Your Own Vinyl on Thursdays with DJ Kent Jackson. And Finer Things Sundays. Located right next to Pizza Donisi at 1398 South 2nd Street. Open 3 p.m. to 4 a.m. seven days a week. Get your asses out to the Mag Bar. Rock out. For 45 years in keeping Louisville weird, Electric Ladyland has been there for all your eccentricities. While they do offer the best smoking supplies out on the market today, there's a whole lot more to check out. From ashtrays and blacklight posters, to records, incense and burners, and items to stock your metaphysical supply. They're open from 10 to 10, 7 days a week. Located at 2325 Bardstown Road in Louisville, Kentucky, and at electricladyland420.com. Roll out. 
the year was 1979, and all the world was caught up in disco and Star Wars. But in Louisville, something was happening. A young entrepreneur named Ben had a vision to be the best record store in all of the city. Fast forward to 2023, and Better Days Records is still going strong. Still, after all these years, owned by the same guy. We have had some trips and falls along the way, but so does life, and Better Days is here to stay. With two awesome locations at 921 Barrett Avenue and at 2600 West Broadway, Better Days are surely in your future. In a broken wasteland, I come to my fire. Blood and steel upon my fire. What's going on, Metalheads? Thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of the Metal Forge. My name is Mark Jackson, and I am your host. Wow, man. And today, we have uh, Darren Hammond Jr. and Phil Garrett from the band Misery Machina here in the Metal Forge. Literally here in the Metal Forge. Hell yeah. I'm excited for that because I always love in-person guests, you know. Uh, I've had a few this year, and I really, really dig it. It, it, It's super fun. But, you know, Phil is also the owner of Aegis Art uh, Tattoo and Piercing in Clarksville, Indiana, and in New Albany, Indiana. You know, you've heard their ads on the Metal Forge for the last couple of years. Uh, They've been sponsors ever since uh, the uh, podcast had started, really. So... Uh, it's glad to actually have a sponsor in the studio for a little bit. And also, here today, in the live wasteland, uh, this seems to be more of a thing these days, and I really dig it, is Jason Gardner from the Heavy Metal Wasteland, Temptations, Wings, and the Aeohorn. What's up, everybody? Dude, what's going on, man? Not much, man. Just a new month. Uh, cooler temperatures on the way thank god dude this past week here in in the area has been an absolute fucking dream weather wise uh i love getting out and it still be like a little bit of dew cover on on the on the grass and shit and it just be a little bit cool it doesn't have to be like you know it doesn't have to be in the 40s or nothing but even if it's just a little bit cooler in the morning versus yeah. walking outside and it being like 78 degrees with a with like 90% humidity. Right. Yeah, this um 
It's been pretty cold this week also, luckily, but um, it's supposed to be back near 90 again next week, so. Um, it's really making me um, rethink my uh, commitment to, to uh, believing in God, because um, <laughs> if I do go to hell, I can't handle this heat, let alone eternal flame. <laughs> but maybe I should just like buy in like 5% or something, just to be safe. <laughs> I don't know, it's really fucking with me, man. This, this heat is no joke. I work outside mostly, so. Um, yeah, it's, it's fun. It, it gets to me. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, so yeah, buy five percent in like the stock market. Sure. Yeah. Like you don't have to go all in. I like, don't do all of it. Like, just, just enough to like you know get through the game. Uh, if it if it, that's the way it goes down. <laughs> right. 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 So just like recite uh, some uh, witch hazel lyrics or something at the gate. Like you know. I don't know what more you want. <laughs> you have chosen poorly. <laughs> like at the end of Last Crusade. Yeah. The penitent man will pass. The penitent man will pass. Let me in. <laughs> well, Mark, I'm pretty excited to be here uh, on this one because I'm going to start a new uh, segment. Oh, shit. On the live wasteland. Yeah. Oh God. So, you're you're like ransacking the show here. What the fuck? Yes, I am because because spontaneity is what makes everything fun. So I'm gonna do um, somewhat of a concert calendar. Uh, the first uh, mudhorn, uh, first mudhorn, first uh, metal forge of each month, and <laughs> I got some shows and some small fests that I bring attention to. And I'm just gonna run down the list of stuff in my area mostly. Um, and uh, that way everyone kind of knows and they can, you know, uh, seek it out if it is indeed a tour coming to their area. For sure. So I'll go ahead and get started. Uh, the first one is uh, the band Haunt is on tour and part of September. So if you're into them, make sure you look up to see if they're going to be near you uh, for the rest of the tour. I know it's, uh, it's been going on for a little while, so you might have missed them if you didn't know about it. But if not, at least check the tour dates, see if they're coming near you uh, for the rest of this for the rest of the tour and I will go ahead and say on that though that I have promoted that tour with Haunt and Hellfire um, pretty much all summer yeah cool because that's the same tour yeah this is the people who like just don't pay attention this is for them yeah for sure alright so I'm going to go through uh, this is in like pretty much no particular order um, just uh, notes I have so I'm going to do the first shows that are in Asheville, and then I'll move on to another area. Uh, so Asheville shows, um, my friend uh, Josh at Grasping Air Booking um, has some pretty good shows coming up. So he has a Red Beard Wall coming to Fleetwoods September 17th. That should be a pretty good one because Fleetwoods is pretty tiny. Uh, so if you like Red Beard Wall, that's a good one to go to it's on a Sunday. Uh, he also has his first fest he's doing, two-day fest, two-venue fest called Mount Doom. Uh, September 30th and October 1st. And let me give you the rundown for that real quick. So the first day is Mean Green, Doomsday Prophet, Bog Monkey, and Wind Rider. $15 at Fleetwoods. So that is September 30th at 8 o'clock. Uh, the next one is uh, at The Odd on day two, Sunday, October 1st, which would be Calgon, Lie Heavy, The Beard Cult, and Michael Rudolph Cummings which are all pretty much uh, local bands except for Lie Heavy. So he, that's his first fest. Uh, both days, $15. Uh, 
Uh, so if you uh, need your Doom fix, that's a good one. Uh, also, uh, Crowbar is coming to the uh, Asheville Music Hall September 14th with Primitive Man, Body Box, and a local band who I'm familiar with called Tombstone Highway, who are basically uh, the obsessed uh, worship band, if you didn't get that from the name. And September 11th, uh, Dorothea Cottrell from uh, Windhand is playing a uh, solo set with the band Shadow Cloak and Jesus Casino. And that's at uh, Static Age Records, which is a pretty cool uh, little record shop and venue in the back. Pretty tiny, like maybe like 60 people tops. So if you like uh, Windhand, you should check that out. Uh, that's on Monday, September 11th. And then moving on to Athens, Georgia, the six years of Shade Beast Fest is coming up pretty soon. And that one has um, September 29th to September 30th at Flickr Theater and Bar, 9 o'clock. September 29th, Bog Monkey, Ember, and Doomsday Prophet. Uh, September 30th, The Holy Ghost, Tabernacle Choir, 20 Watt Tombstone, and Horseburn. That's going to so, be a rad show. So that's the six years of Shade Beast Fest if you're uh, in the Athens, Georgia area or close to it. So that's just a few things uh, going on here in the uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia region. If you're uh, in this region, you want to check some of that out. And uh, so, yeah, that's uh, that's like pretty much the uh, my uh, concert calendar for this month. I'm going to try to come on the first of every month and just run down some stuff, you know, that you might be interested in, whether it's national tours or local shows or or just like small fests happening here and there. Because seriously, I'm just tired of like the Danny Wimmer, et cetera, et cetera, just taking all the air. There's so many fests going on. Well, you don't have why to. Not, why not highlight them, you know? Yeah, you don't have to tell me about the Danny Wimmer thing in September because it's it's monopolized for two weekends here in yeah. September for eight days. It's the, it's the eight days of music fest now is what it's called. And it's... Uh, Bourbon and Beyond, which is the the third week of September, and then the uh, Louder Than Life, which is usually the last weekend of September. What do they do? Just like lease the public land for like a, a month to get that ready? I mean, it's it, it's what they call the Highland Festival grounds. It's it's I mean it's it's basically the fairgrounds is what it is. Uh, I mean, so it's not like it's being used for anything. It's not like it's a public park or anything, like oh. like it originally started out in. Right. Because uh, it originally started out in an actual park. Gotcha. So, so I, don't, I don't know if you have anything for September to add show-wise, but yeah, it's what I, that's just a, a small sample of what's going on, um, you know, out there. So Yeah, for sure. Yeah, go. I do want to add uh, a couple of things. Tonight, uh, by the time this airs or drops uh, on September 1st, uh, Rifle and Bugbot will be at 21st in Germantown. Rifle, obviously, you know, friends of the Metal Forge, they've been playing. Um, you know, they've been in the show. They've been in the uh, in the Forge. They've been in. An, they were the original first guest on the Metal Forge, so that was pretty cool. Uh, that's tonight. Also, Solicitor is going on tour this uh, September again as well. So I will be uh, trying to put out a commercial for that as well. And we will be on that show, and I say we meaning Overload, meaning uh, uh, on September the 26th at the Louisville date in Portal, we will be with Fantafaxia, uh, Solicitor, Sunless, Newsbear, and Overload. And that starts at 6.30. So that'll be a fun one. 
a nice early show uh, should be done by 11 I would say right that'll be that'll be that's the that's a check all the boxes show that's like you know there's thrash there's there's post hardcore kind of new 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 metal uh, and some uh, some speed metal speed thrash from you know with solicitor black metal and some death metal going on in there so cool. it, it's yeah. a it's a mixed fucking bag. And it's that's a charcuterie you... board of metal. Yeah, exactly. It is. Uh, but you know, you wanted to do the thing with some uh, with some shows. But like, here's one of the things I wanted to bring up and talk about is making sure you, as a band, have your music on all outlets that you can. Regardless if it pays or if it doesn't or whatever, because, you know, the thing about it is, is like legislation is not being changed fast enough to keep up with, you know, having your music on fucking Spotify or Pandora or Deezer or what the fuck ever. You know, if you can, if you have the possibility to put it on there and then obviously if legislation gets changed to where the musicians get a better cut. Because if you don't, because you have a, and and I am against, you know, Spotify for the most part because of, and Pandora and shit like that because they pay even less than Spotify does. But the thing about it is, is like they're almost a necessary evil. Like social media is a necessary evil in promoting your band <laughs> because if you don't have your music readily available on outlets for people to get it, then what's the fucking point? You know, I understand, don't get me wrong, I understand what 20 Watt Tombstone is doing versus the the people who buy a physical copy will get their get their copy before anybody who buys it digitally. Right. Is what the what the deal was. And I am totally fine with that. I am a hundred percent okay with that because you know on the run I don't have when it comes to like booking bands and buying music and to feature on the show here you know I'm I rely a lot on Bandcamp to, for that sure. and it really sucks when a band that you're it's like man if you don't have your music on Bandcamp you're taking money out of your own pocket because I guarantee that even if there's something that, you know, anybody buy it, you know, anybody can buy it off of there. And, you know, even if there there's going to be that one or two crazy people that just come through and listen and say, hey, that's really good. I'm going to pick it up. But, like, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't know if, if, if that were the case. You know what I'm saying? I do. Yeah. I mean, I can go. This could be a whole episode of the Alehorn, really. But I'll, I'll just, like, have a summarized version of it. Uh, what I think about it like the Spotify and stuff like that it's easy to just like send the link and it's just like there because you know like probably like I would say at least half of the people that you converse with about sharing your band have Spotify oh I'm sure so well, but, the, but the thing and... about that is is I don't pay for for Spotify premium right so what sucks about me getting a Spotify link from a band even though they have it, which is great, mm-hmm. what sucks about it is that because I don't pay for premium, a lot of times they don't, that band does not come up within the first six songs. 
Right. So you can't skip to them. Yeah. And that is bullshit. Because that's why I say, don't you have it on fucking Bandcamp or something? Or don't can't you just fucking email me fucking a WAV file or an MP3 file at this point? Because it's yeah. like, what the fuck? Well, well, I was also about to say, being in a band, the first link I send out every time is my Bandcamp link. That's always at the top. Because most people are going to click the first link. Yeah. So why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you just like put it right in their face and like here? This one. So what I do is like when they ask for links, like a show I've been I've been working on getting my band together. Like I submitted, blah 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 blah. You will I submit. Sent, I I just sent Bandcamp, I Facebook, and YouTube. Like I didn't do Spotify. If they asked for it, I would have put it on there. But I was like, you know, I was like maybe go buy a song or an album or God forbid a piece of physical merch. Right. It didn't happen, but um, you know, there's a greater chance if you just uh, if you do that. So I mean, yeah, it's just, bands just have to work a little bit hard for themselves too. I mean, it sucks that you know Spotify can't make everyone millionaires, but the reality is like you you give you got to give a little to get a little. Right. Well, so, like the thing with Spotify and Pandora and those and, and internet things are to even from the beginning is. There is no good legislation on it. That's it. And and it's such an afterthought in the country right now that it'll probably never even in mine or your lifetime be rectified. Only only will it ever be rectified when there is a, a complete non-physical media presence. And even then, I think it'll still be a while. Well, the arts regarded as as garbage, in this right? Like, there's no, there's no regard. Like everything, everything. I think streaming made everything disposable because it's always there, right? Like, you know, like if you think about it, like when you were a kid, you you remember some B movies that you watched as a kid, mm-hmm. like straight to video stuff. Like you remember vividly because you had to go to the store, you got out of the car, you went inside, you walked around, you picked up, you put down, you picked up, you put down, you mm-hmm. read, and then you went and paid. And then you took it home and you put it in a VCR or DVD player. You watched. It was all physical actions. Now everything's just like okay on a remote control. Yeah. And, and I, you forget about it the next day. And there's some really good stuff still out there. But it just doesn't stick with you like it used to. And that's the same thing with music. Like, dude, I was one of the Alehorn episodes like a long time ago. I was doing a thing with another uh, guy from Kentucky named uh, Pat Whitaker. And I was doing like, dude, look, look at these album sales. Like the worst Anthrax album. The worst Anthrax album back in like 19... 19- 90 or 88 dude the first week it's only like 400,000 copies like they they could release an album now and it would never reach 400,000 copies Mm-mm. and it would still deb- it would debut at like number four you know when this like this Android album that sold like 400,000 copies it might debut like number number 15 or 20 you know right. that man it was nuts but yeah nowadays it's just like it's just d- disposable you forget about it because there's no physical interaction except for pushing a button on your screen Right, and I think that's where the disregard comes from because it just seems. Well, I think there was disregard before that because long gone are the days of actual like artists that went that transcend time and space. I guess, meaning like people like Andy Warhol as visual artist. You know, there's not people like him anymore. You know. Right. I mean, everybody everybody who is an artist, they might have their own niche or whatever, but there's just 
You used to not be able to hear of so many people because there was no internet and news traveled a lot slower. That's true. Now it's everybody in your face all the fucking time, and that's where, you know, that's where it really does get to the point of, you know, there's almost nothing special about art anymore. This is true. Like, I can, there's an example that I've never told anyone before, but I remember I got, like, ISS in school in high school, in there, like, 10th grade. Probably, like, got busted smoking or something. I don't know. But I remember I was bored, and yeah, I just had a piece fighting, of paper. Was it? I just had a piece of paper, and I just started writing down, like, all the bands that I heard back in, like, 1996. Um, so, you know, I, I remember a lot of them. I'm not going to go over them all. I mean, it was like, I even got down to, like, you know, like, MD45 and show that. You know, I was pretty knowledgeable about bands back in school. Dude, if I did that same thing nowadays, if I had, like, an ISS as a 43-year-old, I could go through a notebook, dude. Like, yeah. no problem with bands. But, like, how many would I not remember? Is really the thing. Like, these were just bands that I saw, like Metal Edge or like something like that. Like I knew of, and could like recite. Because yeah, you're right. Like only the only the top got attention. It wasn't like not picking on you. Like there, Ice How wasn't gracing a band like Ice How wasn't gracing the cover of the Metal Edge or you know something like that. But you know, Megadeth releases Euthanasia. They're all over. Right. Uh, <laughs> EMT, you know, and like there's blurbs of stuff, but it's like. Hey, Vince Neil's got a new solo album coming out. It's like, okay. So right. It was and like, and it's like, like the secondary bands, you know? Well, and that's where I like maybe in unjustly attack like Metal Sucks and Metal uh, Metal Online and shit like that on like Twitter. Mm-hmm. Because what they do is they they they've employed so many writers that anybody who posts from the account and gets the clicks on the articles and gets to read through because it's like hey two minute read that's why they put that on there is so that you know it's gonna not it's a no time invested read right you know that it's just a blurb it's just a a goofy ass newsprint that's like oh so and so still mad about this and it's and it just pisses me off and it's just like you know with all of that garbage that they spew on all of those bands that even still today that they could make so many more bands that much more popular yeah i agree i mean like how many articles do we need about Vic mars being disgruntled on the curve? like i think one was good i didn't need 15 with like opin- uh, opinionated slants yeah toward the situation like i was good with one but they just keep on like they just keep on like when well, it's not even just that and here's the thing it's not just that it's you know metal injection metal sucks and, and metal on you know it's not that it's 15 articles it's 15 articles from each fucking publication is the problem yeah that's what i mean yeah i mean you know whoever's gonna write about it whoever you know, and that's because they're surfing for the click every every one of those deals they they pay those writers by the click that they get they get like ten dollars for a published article and ten cents per click and if you you know you get ten thousand clicks you know you're doing pretty fucking well but that's why you see the frequency post of like so many articles on those sites like that 
Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's bottom of the barrel journalism. I don't even read like if you want to like I don't even read like journalism for like music anymore because like I just listen to the shit. If I like it, I like it. I don't. I don't. You right. can't like write. You can't write something to tell me that I'm gonna like it because I like this. Like it's very subjective, you know. Well, that's the, that's the good thing about music is you can't be it can't be spoiled by a description because until you hear it, you have no fucking clue what it's gonna sound like other than it's fast or slow. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's where I think zines are still where it's at. Like the independent zines, I still pick those up from time to time. Like Soul Grinder Zine, they're they're a sponsor of the metal or a friend of the Metal Forge. Uh, Mercenary Press, he uh, Christopher Barling, he does some uh, some zines and stuff like that, and they're they're awesome. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, I know what you're saying. Uh, it's still not as the same as hearing it, but I like them because again, they turn me on to bands that I you know probably wouldn't have heard of on Metal Sucks's website or whatever. Yeah, I mean. It's a good way to, like, read, like, artists and reviews and get, like, philosophies behind albums or ideas or whatever. That stuff's cool, too, but as far as, like, actual music, like, the only thing, the, the really good thing about music is you just can't describe it to someone and, and spoil it, like, you can't a movie or TV show. So, right. Yeah, there's, yeah there's not, like, this thing where you go, and then there's this really big solo, and then, it fucking, and then you break yeah. out into, like, uh miming it out with your mouth and shit you know yeah you know and it just doesn't it doesn't work the same as saying oh yeah you know in that scene Yoda Yoda turns around away from Luke and just goes your father is and then dies (laughs) yeah the more the older my kids get asked questions the more I relate to that scene totally what now the more the older my kids get and ask me questions, the more I relate to that scene every time. Oh yeah, you know, hey, you just want to roll questions. over and die well, when he, they ask. Yeah, you. he just like Luke's like asking questions. He's like, yeah, fuck this all out. <laughs> well, I think it's funny that you know when they did it in uh, the Family Guy one, where he keeps saying Luke, and he's like, right here, still here, yeah, right here. Come on, I haven't went anywhere because <laughs> he keeps right, saying Mark. Luke between everyone. But, you know, now we're starting to ramble, and you know what that means. Yep, time to go. Time to roll it up, you know, and that's what we're going to do. So, obviously, before we get into uh, the interview here with Darren and Phil from Misery Machina, playing the big goddamn metal show on uh, Saturday the 14th at the Mag Bar. Hell yeah, friends of of the Metal Forge. I can't even talk all of a fucking sudden. But I do want to mention flamekeeper.vip. There you can go and get early access to the Metal Forge, the Alehorn, the Mudhorn, and Jason's Unsleeved and my Unsleeved. So go up there. $2, $1, $5, whatever you do. It's awesome. You get discounted tickets to shows. You get free download codes. You might get some free merch here. Uh, you know, I'm thinking about running out some patches. And definitely, I know I'm getting new stickers made. So, oh, hell. And there's new Metal Forge shirts and uh, maybe a new Metal Forge hot sauce down the pike. I don't know. Oh. Yeah. Some new stuff coming along. So, Jason, do you have anything you want to tell anybody before we go today? A uh, new episode of my Unsleeve coming up soon. Uh, other than that, that's about it. Hell yeah. And uh, Tuesday, new episode of the Alehorn. Yes. 
Well, uh, you you're gonna do a Labor Day episode. You're gonna talk yeah, about the joys to. of I, Labor Day. I've got a uh, I've got things in the in the works. I just need to uh, get confirmation. So yeah, uh, it'll be it'll be up next Tuesday. Hell yeah! So from Misery Machina, this is Black Angel.
right, metalheads, we are back this week. And this is actually super special because before we get into band talk, I'm going to put him on the spot because you've heard this, the, the, the so many episodes of the Metal Forge and you hear at the very beginning, the very first thing you hear, you hear that machine going off. It's, I have Mr. Phil Garrett here in the Metal Forge, the uh, owner-operator of... HSR Tattoo and Piercing. Yeah! In New Albany. He is, he is here. Having, having a holy experience. I know. Having a uh, having one of the sponsors in the Metal Forge is so fucking cool, dude. I'm, yeah. I'm, glad to, I'm glad you're here. Well, I'm glad to be here, and I'm always glad to sponsor, too. It's always nice to see something out here local that's metal-related, that's pushing forward bands, and also, you know, on a national scale, exposing people to music they might not hit. Exactly, because that's what it's all about. You know, it's about turning it over to people and just saying, hey, man, I might not like this, but you might. Yeah. You know, and somebody referred to me as the Johnny Appleseed of metal the other day. Playing on those little <laughs> seeds as you go along. Yeah. Because I said in a video, I was like, you know, I might not like it, but I know 20 people who do. Yeah. And, which is cool, right? Yeah. So you're coming up here on... Uh, what a full year with the new Albany location now. Yeah, actually, it's almost two years. Is now, it almost two now? Yeah, it should be. Yeah, we we're actually uh, pre twenty one. Yeah, we opened right after COVID. Right after everything okay. opened back up, we had our opening. I think it will be two years because we were talking about having a uh, a anniversary sometime in October, like maybe on Friday the thirteenth, doing like a little Halloween flash special or something like that. So ah, yeah. see, that would be fucking rad because that I got a piece there. On the opening night uh, for it. And it was the the No Feet Ghosts from Beetlejuice. I love it. Have some spooky stuff up on the walls, some silly stuff up on the walls. See what we can get in the door. Also, I'd like to do a Toys for uh, Tats event again this year around Christmas time. Bring up a toy, get a little tattoo. It's a win-win situation. Hell yeah. And that would be, you know, that's that's perfect, you know, because it's giving back to the community. And it's making, you know... The, the metal lifestyle and metal culture and, and, and just, you know, we're an offshoot with the tattoo community, right. but the tattoo community is so much broader because it's so much more, you know, socially acceptable to have tattoos now than Nowadays, it was, say, yeah. 50 years yeah. ago, oh, yeah. right? Where, you know, it was really considered oh, either, yeah. you know... Uh, military or bikers yeah. only kind of shit. I mean, back in the day, you'd see Bon Scott, and he had what, like one tattoo on his forearm. Everybody's like, he's tattooed. He's scary as hell. And yeah, like, right. Ozzy, Ozzy, back in the day, you look at the tattoos he had. And yeah, I mean, and he had a bunch yeah. at one time. Yeah. You know, or, or well, I say at one time, like he probably yeah. still has them. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and then of course you have like D. Snyder. I know has a bunch of tattoos. Uh, Tommy Lee, I believe, has a whole bunch of tattoos. Yeah. So I mean, you know, it definitely goes. I'd say the hand. worst one is that one that says mayhem across his uh ribs or whatever yeah i don't know if that's the worst tattoo i've ever seen on him i think it is i mean you know i'm sure there's much worse that you know we've never seen i'm sure tommy lee has done much worse than get that tattooed (laughs) right but but the cool thing you mentioned here is doing possibly a an event uh, on Friday the 13th yeah, in October. Yeah, slash a Halloween thing, you know. Nice Hell little, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he asked for a 13, but they drew a 31, mm-hmm. right? A little offspring. Yeah, right a little there. offspring <laughs> reference there. Hell yeah. yeah. Then, you know, and the, the thing with offspring is, I always think is interesting, is they were a legit punk band back yeah. in the day, like Green Day. And then once they became more popular, everybody was like, oh, you know, these guys aren't real punk. And it's like, eh. 
they're pretty punk metal guys. I mean, it's I all because of Crazy yeah. Taxi. You think so? Yeah, it's got to be. It's Crazy Taxi. <laughs> and fault. let's go ahead and introduce Darren here. Darren, Howdy. he is the singer of uh, Misery Machina. Uh, mm. who is our guest this week as we've been doing the tattoo talk for a few minutes here. And what I was going to allude to is bringing in was if you're doing the, the Friday, the 13th, go and get it. If you do that, go and get a tattoo at ageless and then come to the big goddamn metal show yeah. that oh, night yeah. also, yeah. because that's the first night yeah. where yeah. Uh, awesome fucking band, uh, Throne of Iron from Bloomington, Indiana is okay. uh, headlining mm-hmm. that night. Nice. Uh, so yeah, I had to get the plug in there yeah. because you guys are playing yeah. the big goddamn metal show night, on the second night, yep. which is yeah. the 14th. Yep. And so let me ask, is that a debut? Uh, yeah, actually, it is. Yeah, it is. That'll be the yeah. debut for you yep. all. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. So, uh, how does that make you all feel? Very, very excited, man. It's it's been a little while since I've been on a stage, so just to be able to go back and to perform, and even if it's to ten people, which it won't be, but even if it's well, to I ten people, well, I seriously hope not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to jinx us, you know. Oh, uh, please don't. Sorry, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> I could argue we actually have a pretty good slot too. So I yes, think yeah, yeah, you yeah. do. You all uh, and and Promise of Plague are back to back. Yep. Which oh, is, I love Promise of Plague. Oh, I do as well. Friends of the Forge, of course, because you know we've been around forever, and you know they've been on. They were on in the radio. So I want to get uh, Jerry in here now and. Yeah. And, and just, you know, and, and of course you would be back. Yeah. 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 So that, that's, there's a little bit of planning going into the, into some of this metal show shit. (laughs) It should be, it should be a fun show. I'm definitely looking forward to it. It's been a long time since I've been up on stage and you know, the mag bar, I went and checked out a little punk show there. I have to say the mag bar is a lot nicer than I remember it. I mean, oh yeah, they've they've actually picked up cars every now and then, but yeah, (laughs) almost two in a week. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So for for everybody outside of the Louisville uh, thing of listening here, uh, Magbar, you know, you've heard their ad at the beginning of the show. They have a magnet for cars in the building because they sit on the corner of (laughs) Second and Magnolia. Yep. Yep. And second is a one-way street, and people just do the dumbest shit. Like, they they realize that they want to turn on mag, Mm. and then they turn into the front door of the bar. Yep. Because it is literally, what, eight feet to the street, if that. I'd say it's even less than that, honestly. It's probably six feet, yeah. Yeah. And and there was actually the the one where the the near hit was a video last week. Yeah. Was it? It was fucked up because they almost hit a person. They they almost missed the building and hit a person. So it's like, what the fuck? I don't know, man. I'm always kind of shocked about shit like that. Like, or you'll hear about somebody hits the gas instead of the brake and like plows into like a storefront, and I'm like, Uh man, like as soon as you hit the gas and start going, just pull your foot up. Like, what are you doing here? Like, you. you It doesn't surprise me, man. People are fucking stupid. I think that's why I'm a musician. <laughs> because, I, you know, a lot of people are fucking stupid. And, like, I don't want to just... I got to fucking, like, do the thing, you know. I've got to fucking be like... It's my outlet to deal with those people. Yeah, I could definitely see that. In my case, too, I think that's probably why I decided to be my own boss. Because, man, working for people, I'm just like... Like, it can be rough sometimes when you're just like, how are you my boss? What the hell is going on here? Right. And, but... 
that is a good thing too, though, because like, have you how many uh, shops have you actually worked in? I've worked at uh, three shops. I used to work at a place called Asgard Inc. in downtown New Albany, which was actually the first tattoo shop I believe on this side of the river. I think Uncle Bob was still up in Salem, but yes. he came down to Clarksville like a few years after that. And yes. uh, that was owned by Donald Purvis and uh, Travis King from Prophecy was there. Scott Bryan, who owns Acme, was out there. Uh, we had Rick Harlan out there. We had a really good crew out there. I mean, Billy Knoll was out there, Eric Barmore, Matt Porter, a whole bunch of really good artists. No, very many of them. They're they're all awesome fucking people, yeah, you yeah. know, fucking definitely great, great artists. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I like watching and seeing, like, all right, it's like going to who for what. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like, all right, I know I want to get this a piece like this. That's, so who do I, would I go to Adam or would I go to Jared or would I go to Ben or would I go to you? Be, yeah. you know? Because everybody does something different. You know, mm-hmm. you're talking about how metal earlier is really diverse, but that applies to everything. It kills me again on Facebook and people are like, well, who's the best tattoo artist? And it's like, well, man, what's your idea of the best like right. you know the yeah. art's very subjective like what do you like just find somebody where you think man their artwork is really cool and their tattooing's cool and as long as they're autoclaving everything and you know using cross-contamination prevention go ahead and get a tattoo from them like you know right I'm a absolutely from me it's still phil though yeah phil is the greatest of all time uh, uh i mean at least here man he's he's got to be up there and everybody it, that i talk to knows phil man Right. Oh yeah. Everybody know. Everybody does know Phil. Yeah. And, and I, I, it's like, do you know Phil? He's like, maybe. He's like, he, he's tall guy yeah. tattoos. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know him. Like Tyson. Yeah, everybody yeah. knows Tyson well, I mean, for being I, the tall bald guy. I wouldn't in say pit. like I'm the best, but I'm really good at you know talking to people and you know being nice to customers and being friendly and stuff like that. And I've run into some artists that have a hard time. And it's <laughs> kind of like metal bands. You know, we've all dealt with that one band where it's like, yo man, black metal's cool, but you don't have to sit there and glower at everybody. Like for real, for real. You know? just, <laughs> right. You know. uh, it's like, uh, I know you're a wrestling fan. So uh, what was the thing uh, that Bobby Heenan said in his hall of fame speech about kayfabing in, in, in public and then, even some of them kayfabed in private, I like the it. like the black metal bands kayfabed yeah. oh, in yeah. public and private. Yeah. Like so, you know, and that's why I say metal is a lifestyle. Yeah. You know, that's where you know, and that's like a derivative of what I saw in like the Lemmy documentary one time where they said Motorhead. Being a fan of Motorhead is not being a fan of like just anything. You have to like be invested in that band to be a fan of them. Like hardcore, yeah, fans, yeah, you know? I would agree with that, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, like Motorhead's a lifestyle. Yeah, <laughs> well, but so. Motorhead's a weird band in the fact too that, like, you know, are they a metal band? Are they a hard rock band? I mean, are uh, they a biker well, band? What What is Motorhead? I mean, they're I, fucking Motorhead, man. Yeah. They're Motorhead, yeah. and that's they're the Triple H's walk-in music. Yeah. That's what they that, are. Yeah. The and game. Lemmy, Lemmy was Ozzy's babysitter. Right here back on the, the shirt, you know, you know, right here. Uh, I'm a huge Triple H fan. I always have been, and it, and you know, it, it, and when he came back the first time, yeah. it was just like holy fuck, well, and I'm, a Motorhead. Yeah, Shit. I'm just glad though that he's actually back in WWE with Creative because there for a while, yeah. man, they were having a bad, bad spot. I feel like once he came back, and like you know, Vince McMahon was a genius but he's old and he wants to keep doing the same thing over and over again. And Triple H has really kind of revitalized it and brought it back, you know, giving pushes to people that should have a push. I would be 
okay, so like where I stand on that thing with uh, the whole Endeavor merger and all of that that's supposed to be finalized in September. Oh, for the UFC and all that? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, where Endeavor, the parent company yep. of UFC, uh, it's supposed to be finalized in September. There is uh, There are two members of WWE on the overall board of directors. Vince and Linda, I would assume. No, it's Nick Khan. Oh, that's right, Nick it, Khan. It's yep. Nick Khan and Vince. Okay. And Vince is the overall chairperson of Endeavor now. Yeah. Will Wait, be. Wait, does Nick Khan own AEW or my... No, that's... Uh, Tony Khan. Tony Khan, okay. Different Khan. I was like, wait a minute, what's going on here? This is all a big lie. Yeah, right? This is why MJF is name-dropping everybody on AEW, because it's okay. <laughs> yeah, right. And and But that's the whole thing, is like, so when when the new board takes over, Triple H isn't even a yeah, part of it anymore. That could be bad. Yeah. I, be I, bad. Really, I really either look for him to to branch off and do his own thing within yeah. the next year or two. Yeah. And it might be, you know, it might be like a TNA thing. It might yeah. be like the old WCW Saturday night shit yeah. where they don't tour at first. Yeah. But, you know, like how he started NXT that yeah. way, yeah. that full sale. I think it would be something Well, he could like also that. always go over to AEW, too. I mean, I'm sure they'd welcome oh, him with wide doubt. open arms. I doubt that. A lot of them, you know, like the being the elite video stuff where they were con- they were constantly ragging on him for yeah, like but two if, and a half years. Yeah, but if Cody Rhodes can smash his throne up and then come over with no beef, those guys, you know, they're all about making money. Like, that's <sighs> the main thing. If they're making money, they're cool with each other to an extent. But would they... Would they... Knowing how he is, though, I know he's all about the business, yeah. but would it be the thing of, you know, because they've all talked so much shit about him fucking having to be the one that goes over. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, but like he did to Sting. Yeah. What are they going to book him where he fucking, Yeah, you they know, just, they'd book him to where he just lost all the time. Be like revenge booking or something Yeah, like revenge. That. Yeah, because they do that to him when yeah. they know that they're leaving. Yeah. You know, they they jobbed out fucking Dean Ambrose to fucking Nia Jax, dude. Yeah, Twice. Yeah, yeah they did. <laughs> Yeah, well, he, John Moxley's in a better place now, so yeah, and his character is definitely being much more used correctly and stuff like that. Seth Rollins is finally being utilized correctly too. Right. And Roman Reigns actually shocked me by becoming capable on a mic of actually, you know, being able to speak well. It should and cut a promo, and also somebody explained to him that you know, body language counts. You know, yeah. facial expressions. You know. You know, stand there. Don't run down there real fast. Of course, he's got Paul Heyman, but by himself, he does a really good job. And, you know, three, four years ago, I would not have said that. I thought Raymond, Roman Reigns was capable of doing that. You know, and, and, and that was my thing. And uh, the, 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 the wrestling community that does listen to this, because we do have a few yeah. wrestling community people that do. Well, that also ties into heavy metal, too. It does. The yeah, Undertaker is metal does. as hell. <laughs> right. And... I called that they should have pulled the trigger on Roman first. When when they split the shield yeah. the original time and they had to go to Rollins, yeah. it should have been to Roman. Yeah. And he should have been that heel yeah. then yeah. because they could have got away with it then. But yeah, yeah I heel, agree. I agree with as opposed to making him a face. Yeah. And trying to make the, him the, the problem next though John is Cena. WWE has said their things, and they always want certain people to be like the next John Cena, and then they also have a really hard time recognizing an organic growth of popularity. I mean, uh, Daniel Bryan was huge, yeah. and how long did he have to struggle before they gave him anything? Yeah. Uh, L.A. Knight right now is huge. 
he is super over. And they're finally grudgingly starting to, you know, give him some stuff. But it's like, look, if you guys, you have to grow things organically. You cannot force people. Like, this is the next John Cena. This is the next, you know. Yeah, this is who we want to do. Yeah. You know, people are going to pick out their own heroes and villains. You know? Right. And the and the I think the only reason why the Hogan thing worked was because he had already started doing it in AWA. Yeah, and he was also in Rocky Three too. So yeah. people were exposed to him. Thunderlips. You know? Yeah. Because he got fired for that. Yep. For Rocky Three. Because they didn't want to he uh, they Vince wanted him to share cuts, if I recall correctly. Uh Vern Ganje wanted some of his money off of the movie and he basically went, I don't think so, brother man. And he was out. Uh no. What I'm saying no, uh Vince Senior fired Hogan for doing Rocky. I thought he was in uh no, no, I not he was in uh Mm-mm. thing. No, uh he had no, because when he come back from Rocky, he had um that's when uh he went to AWA first time huh I, I thought he came up in Vern Ganji's uh territory and then Hogan uh Vince uh, Jr. stole him out of there he did he stole him from AWA yes okay. but that was after Vince had, I, it was uh, after Jr. had already taken over okay yeah because he had actually worked for New I, I could see that New York especially in the, senior, in the late senior 70s. was very I mean he was all about Bruno Samaritan and all that San Martino very, yeah, 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 yeah San Martino and yeah. one of those yes people I suffer from that I've read the word a whole bunch but yeah I don't you just do the thing bunch, so. yeah right uh but cool I mean so now that we're here <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's talk about uh the band okay so you know, we haven't heard much from uh, Darren over here, so we're gonna put him. I just on the don't spot. know that much about wrestling. Honestly, oh no! But I mean, I, I love wrestling video games. Nerd out, he's like, man, look at these wrestling nerds. Yeah, look at hey, these. man, I can't talk. I'm a huge D and D nerd. So. What's uh, a D and D nerd too? So. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm a I'm a film nerd, and I go to film quotes. So it's like, <laughs> what do they look like, Jimmy? Dorks. A couple of dorks. Hey, man, whatever uh, makes you your, happy. Your, your clothes, motherfucker. <laughs> as long as you ain't hurting nobody, I don't Everybody's see no problems. Everybody's got the one thing that they're dorky or nerdy about. Yeah. Too. Oh, yeah. And I'm dorky and nerdy. I mean, look at my room here. Yeah. It's all about the metal and carnage. Yeah, killing but, venom yeah. on the ceiling. And, Hell, yeah. yeah. You know, and fucking Motorhead, Metallica, and all that shit. Yeah. But you go out into the rest of the house, and you got the other nerd stuff, like yeah. Masters of the Universe. Well, there's and, nothing wrong with any of that. Yeah. Everybody's going to bet that yeah, kills me, because like, the dudes are like, oh, you're a nerd. It's like, you play fantasy football, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah, you can't about? get much more, but it's real people. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like, fuck okay. that. That doesn't work, man. It's like, come on, yeah. As Hulk Hogan would say... Yeah. That don't work for me, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you something, dude. <laughs> no, I mean, then, of course, you get people that go to church, and it's like, man, that's nerdy as hell. Like, playing Dungeons & Dragons is small potatoes compared to the weird imaginary stuff you're telling you. Tell me, right? Like, there was a guy, he was his own dad, okay? And it's like, get out of here with that. Come on. Jesus. So, about, yeah, exactly. about the band. He was his own dad. <laughs> he was his own. What? <laughs> uh, so tell tell everybody out in Metal Forge Land about the band. Um, well, I joined them uh, a couple years ago, just kind of looking for a band to play with because it had been a long time uh, since I had played. So I I think I put a post out on Facebook, and uh, Daryl, our lead guitarist, hit me up, and he was like, hey, check out some of our stuff. Come play with us. And so we did. And then I hit up one of my buddies. He came Come and started playing play with, with us. play with us, <laughs> And play with them, I did. <laughs> oh, what? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, we're all we're all grown men. We're all grown men, right? Right. 
you've been you've been with them a couple of years. So right. like, why so long now? I mean, uh, uh, obviously, the pandemic yeah. was yeah. there, yeah. and that was a big pain in everybody's yeah. fucking ass, mm-hmm. and yeah. still is because yeah. now things are supposedly on the rise again. Yeah. And um, but yeah, so. Now here we are at the culmination that in a few short weeks, by the time this airs, yeah. <laughs> uh, you all will be making a debut yep. yeah. and and making a making a mark. Yeah, that's the plan right there. As far yeah. as why so long? Uh, well, when Darren first came in, we had some songs written. Now, one of the Black Angel, which is on the EP, is a strong, strong song and well suited for his style. But the other songs we had weren't the best material that we felt like we could offer especially when we had Darren and Gabe in the mix they kind of brought forward some other influences and we felt like we could be we could write better stuff stronger material so we wanted to write something that was inclusive with all of us where all of us got to you know input on it instead of it's just like you know you're the mercenary player like you come in and you just shut up and you sing this and you play this like that's right that nobody wants to go to you know, practice and deal with that unless you're a studio musician and getting paid and yeah I'm not you know, I'm not yeah. getting paid. But I don't necessarily subscribe to the, the whole come in and do this and play this kind of thing anyways. No. Because it's just like, you can't do that. No. I mean, um, to me, like, you have to have some bit of uh, fluidness in everything. Because if, if one person writes and records everything, no. you know, you're going to have people. It's like... Everybody has their own dialect. Yeah. Everybody has their own speech tone. Yeah. Everybody has their own music tone. Yeah. Like, you're a bass player, Phil. Yeah. But I guarantee that if if I let you plug in and play my bass right now, yeah. you would play completely different than I do. Oh, yeah. But still having some of the same, oh. but not some of the same well, Yeah, because uh, I can look around influences. the room and tell that we have the same influences here. I mean, you got Phil Lina. Steve DiGiorgio, fucking, you know, and then there's fucking, you know, there's stuff with different eras and, you know, yeah. And obviously on the, on the wall and stuff, you know, you got some uh, motorhead stuff going on. So, you know, there's that and yeah, but I think it's the having to stick to something that's super rigid like that, that especially that's what I have dug so much about the ice house thing is coming in to a band and Jason Roach just sitting there saying, like, dude, you play bass. Yeah. Play it the way you would play yeah. it. And I'm like, fuck, dude, that's amazing. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah and that that's what makes metal. Well, that's a, what makes music also worth also as a it. bass player, yeah, we're not yeah. supposed to be carbon clones of what the guitar player is doing. I mean, we're no. supposed to be, you know, setting down the groove and rhythm. And the other reason we had to rewrite stuff, too, is um, it was Daryl and myself and... We tried to write lyrics for songs, and it was, you know, I mean, it was all right, but it was very stilted. Neither one of us is, you know, that poetic or that lyrical. And Darren was basically like, um, I don't know how to phrase this, but uh, these lyrics kind of suck. And I wrote some lyrics, and I was like, you know, these lyrics do kind of suck. So, so how do you, what do you talk about in your lyric writing, if you don't mind my asking? Me? You, yeah, when you're writing lyrics, when Phil... 
Phil's I, writing I, lyrics. Man, my big uh, flaw is I always get caught up in uh, patterns way too easily. I think it's just part of playing bass and stuff like right. that. So I like try too hard to force rhymes and things like that. And okay. I, pretend I don't get real organic. But if I'm writing stuff for myself, I mean, I always want to delve off into either politics or in D&D nerdum. Whereas Darren over here, his stuff is a lot more fluid. Like, you know, when you look at his lyrics, you know, they have more of a flow to him he's not like well wait a minute what rhymes with orange and i have to work this in <laughs> he's like you know i'm gonna scream the shit and it doesn't matter at all so right yeah. absolutely so when you're writing darren yeah what is your what is your main what is your go-to it, what do you like to write about it depends on the song really i like to have um music to write off of and usually the the vibe that the song gives can help me channel whatever i need to work through really or even just something that i think is really cool like um black angel is a song on the ep it's obviously it's the title track right but um that was just about a DD character that i had that i thought was super fucking cool and so i wanted to write a song about him killing people and so that was the song but there's other songs about like um about like personal stuff that i deal with or like a dream that i had i had a dream where um there was something chasing me that I couldn't see. And so I wrote a song about that because the feeling of it was horrifying, but to not be able to identify it was the thing that made it terrible. And so I kind of tried to take that and and work with it with um, like anxiety or depression or even just dealing with something that you can't identify. Right. See, and, and that's awesome. I mean, like that you can do that that way. I, I tend to, when in my weird uh, lyric writing, I, I, I tend to code a lot of stuff. Mm. And, you know, so just because you're you're singing about a gunslinger doesn't necessarily mean you're singing about a gunslinger. Right, know? exactly. But, exactly. So, yeah, so I put a lot of that stuff in there, too. And, yeah, man, that, that's fucking right on. Out of everything that you've written for the band, um, what would you say is your favorite one line... Out of any question, right? Out of any of them. Oh shit! Uh, There's one in Black Angel actually that always makes me feel really, really powerful. And now because you put me on the spot, it's hard to. Uh. (laughs) Uh, It's, it's. um... I'm just gonna sit here and stare at you till you remember this. Oh, oh my god! He's got to break out the fucking notepad on the phone. (laughs) This, this is the way he writes stuff. Though, like we'll be jamming, he'll just get out his phone and he just starts typing away. It's, oh, I remembered it. All right, I'm sorry. Uh, it's, as I live and breathe, thou shall bow to me. Nice. It just feels so powerful where it's placed. Definitely. And it it, it just... That's that's know, fucking man. hardcore, man. That's, <laughs> like that's that a, a good one. He, he uh, writes, there's there's another lyrics. one that's... Um, fuck. God damn, man. I hate this, man. I thought <laughs> I would be so much more comfortable coming into this. Nah, um, dude, you're good, man. You You've been good. And so the blood will pull and trail with me. My eye is called to the dead man that seeks me, a feeble sheep searching to draw the blood of the wolves. Nice. I like that. I dig that. That's pretty fucking pretty fucking awesome. Sorry, man. You're probably gonna have to edit that. I just took forever to remember my own shit. No, dude, that's totally cool. (laughs) I mean I don't know why I wasn't expecting that question either. I get asked that question like at work and shit and oh, really? just pop off i'm like oh yeah this is the line that i really like but definitely dude yeah <laughs> i mean i know i know for me there i've got like certain stinging lines that i love giving mm. like live so that's what i 
I like doing it, so I know there's other people that have to. Well, it's like when you get to it and you get to that point and you're just like, yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and if songs just, they have like an ebb and flow to them, and every song, there always seems to be that one part where you just know, like it's about ready to like slam into gear and you're about ready to just like, you know, wreck somebody's face you know that's yeah. the thing with me for the as i live and breathe yeah. line because it's it's put over some uh some like drawn out chords yeah. and then just goes straight into some really yeah. groovy shit yeah. and, hell yeah man so you're hitting the ground running you got the ep yep. you've got a first show yep. uh I'm, I'm assuming you're are you gonna have shirts for the show uh, maybe, maybe. I, so. I, I know I we're working know, on it i might know a guy yeah. i might yeah. know a couple of guys man. okay okay yeah. We'll talk off air on that Sweet. one. Uh, so, awesome. What do you have coming up after that? I'm not real sure. Uh, I like to, we've been messing around with some covers at practice just for something to screw around with, doing a Fortunate Son and uh, You Should See Me in a Crown just because, you know, shits and giggles, do something yeah. a little different. Yeah. I like to get those at least recorded. Uh, we're also talking about maybe doing like B, something a little bit more old school, a little bit more grindy. And then I like to do The Game by, uh, you know, Triple H's intro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that'd be a fun song to cover. Presents Hot and Hellfire, No Sleep Till Death, starting Thursday, August 24th, 2023, at Reverb Lounge in Omaha, with select dates in Chicago, Detroit, Newport, Indianapolis, Brooklyn, Wallingford, Philadelphia, Washington, Atlanta, Pensacola, Lafayette, and more. Check listings on Facebook and the Haunt the Nation fan No sleep till death. And, you know, that's one of the things that I absolutely love. And I read a book years ago. Because I'm that kind of uh, music nerd where I get into, like, in the collecting front of things where I will look at barcodes to, like, distinguish where it's from. Hmm. Like, what print it can what its lineage is. You know, so, like, did it come out of, like... Was this a, a European print yeah. that made its way over here somehow okay. or whatever, yeah. you know? Because that shit does happen. Yeah. And well, it, some shit, if you want, if we're talking about vinyl, you can only get via Europe. Like, yeah, uh, if absolutely. you want Danzig's first three albums on anything that resembles vinyl, well, you're getting European prints and it's that easy. I mean, absolutely. A lot of old and you know, the thing about that is, is when Lips from Anvil was on the uh, Metal Forge a couple of years ago, we talked about that. And there's companies out there like Unidisc. Unidisc is a Canadian record label. Okay. They have they only have Canadian artists on their label, and they so, do not export to America. So what's that like four bands? No, I mean, well, no, like in metal bands, it might. I think it's like no, six I'm just or seven. Around. No, and with with like metal bands and and stuff, yeah, it's like six or seven. Yeah. But like their whole like discography. Yeah. They're, a lot of you know, Brian Adams up in that band. Yeah, they've got a ton of shit up there. Um, but the thing about it is, is like, 
they will not relinquish rights to anything no. ever. And on top of that, they don't export to the U.S. Ah. So you can't really, and they don't want to do reprints to the Canadian market yeah. for certain bands because, you know, it's just like they're just waiting for the right time yeah. to reprint it. Yeah. But well, then like collectors will get pissed too because you're tanking the value of that reprint that you know they. Or the, when you reprint, you know, if they have the original, it kind of detracts from the value of that. Like, you know, I mean, in its own way. Yeah, it so. does. Because, yeah, there's more copies of it out there. But I think it it's it's like on a slide scale, yeah. the way it does it. Because at the beginning, it's more sought after because it's an original yep. print. But in the end result, you know, like 20 or 30 years from now... It's not going to yeah. matter because they're both going to be vintage and well, more vintage. And then also you can have reprints where they end up being worth more. There's a mishap. Like I have, what is that, Guar's America Must Be Destroyed, where the first, uh, like, sides one, two, and three are all, uh, what is it, 45 speed, you know, where it's got the longer, deeper grooves. Yep. And then side four is 33 speed, which... I thought I was going nuts when I flipped it over, and all of a sudden it sounded like the chipmunks doing like you know meat sandwich on the back of that. And I was like, "What the shit is going on right here?" So, <laughs> and it and it wasn't, and it was never uh, told that either. No, I'm sure. no, no. On that side, it physically says play a forty-five speed. I was like, "I'm losing my fucking mind here." Like, oh my gosh! <laughs> See, and that's the funny thing because there's somebody that I know that wanted to do that with with uh, their split that they did with somebody. Oh, that's mean, that's a mean fucking thing to do, right? There. <laughs> mean as shit. I think, yeah, man, it's like 45 records. I got uh, Carcass's uh, newest one. I cannot think of the name of it. It wasn't Surgical Steel, the one that just came out. And I did not realize that was 45 speed. So I was playing on 33. And I was like, man, Carcass's sound real doomy all of a sudden. I mean, it sounded good. It was just a lot slower, and he sounded a lot deeper. Yeah, than like, un- like not naturally yeah. deeper, yeah. Yep. That's you know, and that's a really cool thing too. And uh, here on a few weeks back uh, episode, we were talking about that about uh, Jason's band Temptations Wings yeah. from uh, uh, Asheville, and he was like, you know, this cut at forty five, but if you play it at thirty three, it sounds really fucking good. And he, I was like, dude, just do it, yeah. release it that yeah. way. What do you got to lose? Yeah. Who who gives a fuck? Yeah, uh, another local uh, band, Prayer Line. They're almost cut at forty five. Uh, it's got that owns Jedbird Studios. And, uh-huh. uh, they're a solid little horror punk band too. And uh, I mean, yeah, it sounds either very fast and chipmunky or it sounds correct. But the first time I got, it, I was like thirty three speed. This doesn't sound like I remember the show to be. So I hit the button. You get there. You know, so, right. And and you know, I actually like uh, you know slowing down the motorhead stuff and it and it's really good actually if they just played like a little bit slower and stuff because then it's like real like kind of doomy and and it's but it's not but it's still like i mean can you slow down orgasmatron anymore (laughs) oh yeah well that is well that is super slow and even in uh even in the fucking like the reissue of it in like 2000 like the special like download edition Yeah, man, it was fucking. It's even slow there too. Yeah, it's a slow song. I mean, yeah, I remember. You know, sorry to interrupt, but I will honestly sit there and say that, like, I don't like that song musically, but I love that song lyrically. Oh yeah, lyrically, that song's fucking amazing. You know, it's what it is. It's just the the problem with that song is, uh, like, 
Is that off their first album? Is that off of Ace of Spades or what? Orgasmatron. It's off Orgasmatron. Oh, Orgasmatron. It is yeah. its own okay. album. Yeah, I, I'm not that well versed in motor. No, so. you're good. But yeah, the you, you are at the utmost authority, yeah. sir. But <laughs> when you know, in that era of Motorhead, it's just it's a very basic song compared to some of the other stuff they're doing. You know, oh which yeah, has a lot more pop. Like Stone Deaf Forever, or, or not Stone Deaf Forever, but Deaf Forever. Yeah, uh, love uh, Me Like a Lizard, you know. All that love Me stuff. Like a Reptile, yeah. That's, that's on Ace of Spades, yeah. So that's even, that's seven years earlier, Yeah, Ace of Spades is. See, I'm not a huge Motorhead fan. I appreciate them. Uh, one of the best things I ever saw in a movie was this movie. Oh, what was the name of that movie? I cannot think of it, but I had one of the guys that played James Bond, and there was some hooker, and she gave birth to a kid. And then, like, he stabbed some dude in the face with a carrot. And then it played all of Ace of Spades over, like, two minutes. And it killed, like, 30 people in this, like, factory. And I was sitting there, and my wife came out of popcorn. I was like, did I miss anything? I was like, you just need to rewind this shit and start all over from the beginning. Because I can't explain what I just saw. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. it, was it a trauma film? No, it wasn't. Um, what was the name of that movie? It'll come to me later on. I mean, it's it was goofy, though. Like, it was good. It had, um, <laughs> oh, what's the one dude? Uh, I'm just going to look this up. I'll let y'all talk about something else. I'm going to check this out real quick. <laughs> I'm going to type in, man gets stabbed with carrot crying hooker. And we're going to see what pulls up right here. I'm <laughs> That's sure a great that Google search. I'm, I'm, I'm totally glad Like the NSA is watching that one. <laughs> shoot him up. Hey, man, it might, it might throw him off. You know it might, yeah. yeah. It's shoot him up is the name of the movie. Nice. Yeah. That's interesting that you typed that in yeah, and, and that came up, up yeah. immediately. Yeah. That's amazing. Oh, because that's what happens. He literally stabs dude with carrot, and then he just goes in the... And I was like, what the fuck is going... I, I don't have my popcorn. I'm not ready for all this just yet. Oh, we're killing motherfuckers. Oh, okay. It's like John right? on crack. It's crazy to me that you could find that out just at the snap of your fingers, but when I look up why the fuck is Baldur's Gate 3 crashing on me, I can't find an answer. <laughs> and it's because they don't want you to know that. Yeah. I guess so, but that's unfortunate. That makes me want to cry, yeah. man. I loved Baldur's Gate while I was playing it. Well, because Baldur's Gate 3 is an amazing game, but yeah, it is. It is. Oh, uh, man. I got a new graphics card for it, dude, and it still crashes out. And now, see, now you're like, sad. now you all are, I'm doing the thing for you all, what you were saying yeah. about me and him talking about wrestling, <laughs> because I'm not a gamer. I'll, oh, I'll, sorry, I'll fuck around on some like stupid fucking like uh, putting the uh, like the fucking sand in the cup yeah. games on fucking my phone shit. I don't play the Switch. Yeah. You know, fucking. Nah, Zelda kicks ass, yeah. man. No, like, yeah, like all that yeah. shit. Like NES stuff, I'm totally cool with. Yeah. But like, and I had a fucking Xbox, like a, an Xbox like original. I've got every Xbox, man. And like, I loved my original Xbox because, you know, that's when I was like introduced to like fucking like GTA and shit which yeah. I really mm-hmm. liked but like I hated the open world concept on like fucking Mario 64 really yeah because wow. because I loved Mario 3 so much and Super mm-hmm. Mario World and it's such a fucking like weird thing and the, and the air meter when I, I when you're underwater yeah. and I could and I always would fucking drown and and it's like you're you're like trying to fucking use the stick and getting up and shit and it's like it's it's the same uh, bullshit problem I always had with Castlevania where they want to make 3D Castlevanias mm-hmm. and I'm like I don't want a 3D Castlevania two dimensional that's why I hate playing fucking Dark Souls because it's goofy it makes no fucking sense I love the lore I love watching other people play that game. I'm fucking terrible at that I just game. love beating ass on Dark Souls, man. Dark it's Souls. just the satisfaction of beating a challenge for me. 
Right. I don't even give a fuck about the story. So many people are Look, super invested no, in it. No, I, I, I got, couldn't care less. I, I just want to beat ass, dude. I got a regular named Ricky. She is awesome, but she is also about eh, four and a half feet tall, weighs maybe 80 pounds, soaking wet. Little petite librarian. Super sweet. Girl is a master of all those games. I was playing <laughs> Dark Souls on the Switch, getting my ass whooped by the first boss repeatedly. Bitching about it. She came in, and I didn't think librarians could be quite that sarcastic, but she was like, oh, do you want me to beat that mean old boss for you real quick? Oh, my like, God. I was like, you shut up, Ricky. I'm going to go get books and not return them now. <laughs> I'm going to talk real loud in your fucking library, bitch. Yes. Hey, man, I had people judge me, too. I had a buddy that was like, oh, it took you six weeks to beat Pontiff? Mostly because I quit out of frustration. Yeah, right. But, but, you know, when I came back, I... Spent another two days on it, and I finally beat him. Right. See, uh, Jason from uh, Temptations Wings, he's like, you're not a real gamer. You, you play the Switch. You're not a <laughs> I'm like, fuck you, dude. And, we, you know, he gives me shit about yeah. it. Because, you know, playing well, shit on, like, the Xbox or the PS5. There's always cutoffs, though. It's the no true Scotsman logical fallacy where there's always, like, this level that we all draw to where, like, you know, we do this in the metal scene. Well, you're not really fucking heavy metal because you don't put corpse paint all on the churches. All of that is churches. bullshit, oh, man. Yeah, it is. It's, yeah, it's all it is. stupid. It's just a way to group yourselves apart. Like, it, it doesn't matter. No. no. And, and that's why the... Okay. So that's the other premise of, like, the big goddamn metal show, you know, which is yeah. also why we're here, right? Because we're talking about that, and it's your all's first show, is because you have thrash bands playing. You yeah. have doom bands playing. You have, you know, borderline hard rock to metal bands. Yeah. And, and and that's Halfcaster and Rifle, um, you know. But then, you know, Fucking, you've got some death metal bands. Yeah. You got thrash. You know, you've got a whole yeah. slew of like different bands. And, and you know, yeah, and it all, all kicks ass. Man. And all these bands should be playing together. One thing that has always killed me, and I've been living here for what at least twenty something years now. Actually, a lot longer than that, almost thirty by this point. Is one thing that's always killed me about the local scene down here is everybody wants to get real clicky about shit. Like, oh well, you see, I'm in the death metal bands, and we don't go watch the thrash metal bands. And oh, well, we're this guy. It's like, look, we're all local metal bands. Everybody should go to each other's shows. We should all get along. Yeah. Strength in numbers, you know yeah. what I mean? And, you know, that's one of the things that I talk about Portland a lot and how they have a crazy fucking scene out there. And the cool thing about their fucking scene is, is, you know, most of the bands that have, that are in their scene have been on this show because they are all, oh, we love those guys. You know, those two, yeah. those dudes are awesome. Yeah. They're, they're great people. Oh yeah. Those people. Oh, they're fucking great, man. They're, they're, they're stand up, you know, yeah. and it's like, everybody does that about everybody yeah, out there. You should there. be promoting mm -hmm. everybody. I mean, yeah. And, that, and I feel about all of those bands on that show, yeah. uh, on those two nights, the same way that those bands out there feel about their bands, yeah. you know, that I love each and every fucking one of them or, you know, obviously I do because like fucking, if not fucking like, why would you even be playing? Yeah. I would just mm. wouldn't ask. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, even if like, you know, a band isn't necessarily my style, I mean, we all know each other in this scene. I mean, you know, and yeah, I mean, I've been playing bass and, for a long time down here, and I know a lot of people. I mean, you know, uh, Schwartz and hell yeah. I mean, you know, I've known yeah. Schwartz. I mean, I used to do my first tattoos on Schwartz. I mean, Schwartz is a hell of a dude. Um, Josh, Dave, and Nate and Ohm. I mean, in my opinion, I think Ohm is the best local band for talking about pure musical talent, like able to just put together a song. 
Yes, like, is, is Nate, I, I agree with that. Is they Nate are ridiculous. The flashiest guitar player in the scene? No, but is he, in my opinion, the best at coming up with melodies and all that? And he can shred when he wants to. Yeah, but he I knows know. when to shred, and that's important, man. Josh, I mean, in my opinion, best drummer in the scene. I mean, you can argue me over that one. And Dave, I mean, I play bass myself. I consider myself to be a good bass player. Like I'm not chop liver on a bass, but Dave is incredible on bass just watching him play and plus he's a super nice guy he plays blood ball and he's a big nerd like me you know? right. these are my bros you know i mean right yeah and i love all of them you know they and i agree they are one of if not the best mm-hmm. in in the louisville area yeah. and you know their whole deal is just it's special yeah and it always has been and from not only just from uh you know, just from the musicality, but from like the different eras yeah. too. You know, where different people have come in and played yep. like special guest spots. Because yeah, they had, uh, was that Marissa would come out and do violin and all that yeah. stuff? And yeah. And, you know, that was one of the first times I saw him was in like, you know, it was like 2000 and like six or yep. seven, early seven maybe. Yep. And, and it was like right at the beginning. And it was insane. And, yeah. And they blow me away. And that's why I love, you know, having, having Nate and shit over and talking and bullshitting with him. Yeah. And I mean, you know, they've been around forever. I mean, Josh was in, uh, what was it? Antikytheria, which used to be callous and all that. And yeah, you know, I remember playing shows with them back in the day when you had what flaw E flat. I mean, there were so many, uh, good bands. Um, now see, I wasn't playing shows in the scene then, yeah. but I was going to shows in the scene yeah. then because like, uh, I would, there was uh, we're booking music exchanges and it yep. was pandemonium. Yep. Uh, so there was that, and that was and that was across the street from. Uh, was that one of the first? Uh, was that the first location of Body Art Emporium? Yes, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Because then they moved to the very little place yep. down the street. Yep. Uh, and, and then, then they, they expanded. Moved on. Yeah, they were they expanded or moved and got the big place next to them to do all the piercings and stuff like that. If I recall yeah, correctly. and yeah. then they moved over to Clarksville. Were they in Clarksville? I, no, Charlie's was in Clarksville. I thought after uh, James, the owner, died. I thought Body Art just kind of closed down. I thought Jughead so. ran a. That's right. He did have one over in Clarksville. Yep, yeah, yep, Jughead ran yep. a shop over in Clarksville because yep, it was over that. where that thou who should not, shall not be named was. Yep, yep, all that good stuff. No, I mean I do remember that. Man, my memory is terrible because I remember going over there and bullshitting with Jughead yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, no, I mean Body Art was a solid place, man. I mean, but you know Bardstown Road. And I think it's funny because Louisville always wants to shift what is the cool part of Louisville. But yeah. Bardstown Road had a stranglehold. Like, back in the day, man, you wanted docks. You were going to Bardstown Road. Yep. You wanted, like, good music. Well, you were going to your ecstasy. Yeah, I mean. you wanted good camera supplies. you go to Murphy's. Yep. You know, and yeah. I'm so glad that they're still there. Yeah. You know, Murphy's, you know, is, is still there. And it's like, they've been there for, like, 50 oh, years, yeah. Yeah. you know, or better. And that's so cool. Uh, but anyways, you know, so, fuck yeah, man. Looking forward to seeing more from you all oh, yeah. obviously because that's what it's all fucking about so mm. we've derailed 
quite a bit already. <laughs> well, because I can't help it, man. That's just my nature. No, no, because that's how it's supposed to be. That's what this is all about. Because this is a conversation-based podcast, you know, and we bullshit, we hang out, we do, we talk metal, we talk shop. That's what we're doing. And, you know, I've just been quiet because, I mean, no disrespect, but I'm a, di- a different generation, well, man. Yeah. So it's, yeah, you're I've been totally... in different scenes and stuff, too. Like, when I when I first started playing shows when I was, like, 16, I was in the metalcore kind of hardcore kind of stuff. And, and that's another thing that you, when you brought up the clickiness about scenes. Yeah. That's just as bad of being like me going to a met, like a metalcore show today yeah. where it's like twenty year olds. I'd, I'd be looked at like, what the fuck are you doing here, dude? Yeah. It's like what? I, I can't say anything, man. Back in the day, we used to fucking give shit eye to uh, you know people that we thought were old at the shows too. So I can't say. <laughs> to me, it doesn't karma. matter, man. As long as you're there for the show, then that's, that's the important. Yeah. Right. Thing, you know? as as and and that's what I'm saying. And I'm like the 16 year old chicks or something. Yeah. Don't, like don't be a, yeah, don't, be that, don't be an dude. asshole. And I know, th- and there's those dudes out there, and it's like, fuck that, yeah, man. I remember being yeah. in a tech world and seeing that stuff go down where it's like, bro, you're 52. Leave the teenage girls alone. What yes. I think we all know that, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. We Sorry, that got a little bit too personal there. We all do. Because I guarantee the name that went through my head went through yours, it's, too. It, but, yeah, and the thing, though, is in the scene, there's always the skeezy guy. There's always like, you know, I'm not going to name names, but let's face it, it shows there's one dude that shows up maybe a little bit too into devil worshiping and doesn't quite understand how to <laughs> drop this off where it's like, yeah, I knew King Diamond was a Satanist. No, I don't think he killed cats to try to summon the <laughs> devil, bro. I mean, you know, it's just we there are there are odd motherfuckers in the scene. But that's part of what gives the character right yeah, there. I mean, that's part yeah. of it. Yeah. You know, you have those fucking ones. Yeah. For me, it was the guys that liked PBR way too much. Oh yeah, the, yeah they, they, were the, get they were the trashed. people. You, oh yeah, trash. you know Spinelli's had the sign "Don't mosh into the pizza." Yeah, warmer. absolutely. Yeah. because yeah. of Vinny and them. Yeah, oh, Jesus, <laughs> fucking or like mosh pit Pete. Like if he was at a show, yeah. you knew like he was probably gonna fight somebody. I yep. mean, you know, and he didn't give a fuck about that. Hell, he'd go over to my wife and be like, "Is anybody here bothering you?" If somebody starts <laughs> bothering you, let me know. It's like, well, that means I don't gotta do shit. Okay, right. <laughs> You know, and then and then there's other people that you know that they're gonna if they get anywhere near the pit, they're gonna start throwing fists. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And you know, just just because that's how you know who they are. You but know? that's that's the all of what they get. And that's thing in a metal show. Like, what's your catharsis? Do you want to jump in the pit? Do you want to pick change up off the ground? Do you want to sit <laughs> back at the bar and just have some beer and listen to loud music? I mean, what? What what are what's you your, doing what's here? Your, like, yeah, what, what's, what's your, your release? Like, you know, yeah. that's the thing. You know, we're not going to metal shows to hopefully like preen and look at each other's outfits and shit like that. <laughs> right. Well, and, if you did, it'd be stupid. It's dark in there anyway. Yeah. 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 Go in there and talk smack about you. Did you see the jeans that motherfucker's wearing? <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe he had blue on. <laughs> right at a metal <laughs> show, it's supposed to be fucking black. Dude. Go up to him and be like, Come name on, three Jack bands guys. off of, or name three songs that band did. Oh They'd god, be that one dude. <laughs> Oh, my God, dude. Yeah. The gatekeeper guy where it's like, bro, and what kills me about this? Those are the motherfuckers that go up to, like, chicks and bother them. And it's like, dude, like, even if I'm here with my wife, like, I don't want it to be a sausage party in here. Like, what's wrong with you, dude? Like, why why are you acting like this towards the ladies? Like, yeah. It's like when you go to the party and there's one motherfucker that wants to play, like, Chaos AD by Sepultura. And it's like, dude, if you put this on, I'm going to like it. But all the ladies are going to leave. 
and then everybody's gonna leave because like put on some Rob Zombie, put on something they'd be like, oh, I can dance to this, and it's still yeah. heavy. I mean, don't don't be that dude. That's all I'm saying. If y'all listen to this, don't be. If that yeah, if you want to listen to Chaos CD, put it in your fucking earbuds and listen yeah, to it. Yeah, or if you're at the right kind of party, I suppose you get a way of listening to it. So. Yeah, yeah, there is that. You know, you the right kind of party. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and switch over to Derailed here. This okay. <laughs> is the five random questions segment oh, boy. where it can come from anywhere. I'm anything. sure I'm prepared for this. You're what? I said I'm sure I'm prepared for well, this. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, is there a popular food out there that you just don't like? Mayonnaise. Really? You don't like mayonnaise? Mayonnaise. I hate that shit. At all? Now, ironically, if it's in tuna fish, I don't mind it in tuna fish. And as I've gotten older, I don't mind it. I'm just a texture kind of dude. Like, I'm the dude that, like, I will cut every single bit of fat off of my steak. I just do not like the way it feels in my mouth. I will aggressively. But if I'm the dude, if I'm in a restaurant and I eat something I don't like or feels weird, I will aggressively spit that shit out of my napkin. I mean, I don't give two shits. I'm paying for it, you know? I'm not gonna like be like my grandma and hide that shit away and be like, oh, I don't want them to know I didn't like it. You know, I'm mm. fucking paying you. So right, yeah. yeah. I mean, I totally get that. And ketchup. You don't like mayonnaise or ketchup. <laughs> do not like. Interesting. Ketchup, no. No. You know, I'm I don't like. I don't fan. put dressing on myself. I'm a bland, boring, basic bitch like that sometimes. <laughs> like, you know, it's just I like dressing on myself. No. But no. you're also into physical fitness to an extent, man. I mean, I. I like going to the gym because of my job, I don't want my spine to like implode on me or anything like right. that. Right, because you're hunched dude, over a lot yeah, and I, you're nine feet tall. Yeah, I'm not the mm. dude that's like counting calories or anything like that. Like I'm not the dude that's like, all right, well I have to eat like you know three thousand calories of halibut by like twelve o'clock today. I mean, screw all that. That's more work than I want to put in. I just right. want to stay healthy, you know. Yeah. And plus, let's face it, you can eat as much as you want to, but I'm also not going to juice up, and that's the real trick to get into a certain size. It seems like yeah. so. Mm, for what, sure. What about you, though? Uh, for me, it's not necessarily that I hate it because it's not bad, but I just don't think pizza is all that great. Really? I wow. think everybody thinks pizza is way cooler than it actually is. Teenage Mutant Ninja are going to whoop your ass. I don't give a shit, man. Send them turtles. <laughs> I'm the reason for the last Ronin. Oh, that was a good, yeah. that was a good comic. I just that is. That's that. a great comic. Yeah, they're making a video game about it, Artists. too. Yeah, yeah. apparently. Nice. And they're doing, uh, what is there? There's a sequel now? Or... Something. I'm not entirely sure. I know about the video game. Yeah, but. there's something that there's something else too that uh, it's like the lost something with it or something. Uh, I can't remember. But anyway, yeah. So pizza, just uh, it's, I mean, it's just yeah, it's just topping okay, on man. bread. Yeah, it's just cheese and sauce. That's that's it. You know, if I wanted cheese and sauce, then I could probably do it myself. I, all I got to do is get the Wonder Bread out. You know, put some <laughs> ketchup and cheese on there, and I'll be happy. So, wow, I'm just it. kidding. I'm not. I'm not serious. I I don't think pizza is that great, but I'm joking. About but you're oh, but you're not comparing it to fucking <laughs> no, no, ketchup no. and okay. fucking no, not at all. Not at all. on Wonder Bread. I'm like, <laughs> no, not at all. No, you no, just no, made no. pizza unappetizing to me. <laughs> yeah. No shit. Dude. I also I think Lunchables pizza is disgusting, and I would rather have it than what you just described. <laughs> Another, <laughs> it would be fucking Domino's. Yeah. Another controversial opinion I have on food is that I think pineapple on pizza can kick ass, and anybody who says otherwise is wrong and needs to try barbecue and chicken or ham with it. Yeah. Barbecue on pizza yeah. is pretty good. Bar- yeah, it's fantastic. Oh, dude, fucking, we had CC's here for so long, and like they were so good. They had so many different, like the buffalo chicken yeah. pizza. 
Oh. Well, I am glad, though, that there are finally seem to be good pizza joints here because I am from Rochester, New York, which is right by Buffalo originally. Yep. And so I will admit, when I first moved down here, I was kind of a pizza snob about some stuff. Now, conversely enough, because I've been coming down here my whole life, like this is as far north as I think you can go and still get good barbecue. Like you get too much further north than this, and barbecue is just meat and a red sauce, and it's fucking terrible. So <laughs> I, I could see that. Yeah. So, but I jumped in and I hijacked. What, what, no, 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 absolutely. No, but uh, but the mayonnaise thing. I get that's uh, I get that. Now, yeah. like, is it mayonnaise on a whole? Like, uh, like for example, mayonnaise Miracle Whip ranch you know it's, like it's is weird. it any like if, is it any condiment like that is yeah. ranch technically a dr- um, a mayonnaise i know it's called cowboy it's mayonnaise a dressing i mean the only thing i really like <laughs> oh, is ranch is like mustard ranch you know let me tell you do you know the genesis of ranch where it came from yeah the the it's cowboy mayonnaise semen. crap oh really <laughs> no. is it Whoa. No. Is it? Oh, well, well this, I thought you were saying bullshit. Like, I thought you were No, no, no. It's okay. bull scene. Okay, if I thought you had case, your own little vernacular. Because with the thing. Okay, well, that's fine. I, I got you Because that justifies okay, my okay, theory okay. if I refuse to eat anything that could possibly be construed as semen. So maybe that's why I don't <laughs> like mayonnaise or ranch or Cool Whip or oh, any of that Oh, it's the opposite shit. for oh, so, me, man. I guzzle that shit. Like sweet Vidalia onion. <laughs> oh, man. That's my favorite salad dressing. I love that <laughs> shit. I, the only salad dressing is Caesar. And other than that, like, what kind of dressing do you want to sell? I'm like, just bring a shit. But like, the same way, like, if it's, like, chicken wings or whatever, or fucking, I know everyone's like, he's from Buffalo, New York, and he doesn't fucking put blue cheese on his chicken wings. Yeah, just, I don't need that shit on there. It's a like, lot of it's people like, hate yeah, To cheese, me, it's man. like people put A1 on their fucking steak. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, like, the food it's, if it's a, if it is a great yeah. steak, you don't yeah. need a steak sauce. But then it's like you desserts, man. Sauce. I mean, I'll eat dessert sometimes. People are like, what do you want for dessert? It's like, well, the steak was the best part of the whole fucking meal. And that's what you I'm going to eat. You can't top that. Yeah. yeah. The steak yeah. was there, man. Uh, fuck yeah. Do you believe people who say they've been abducted by aliens? No. Nah, man. I I think it's possible that shit happens to people that they could misconstrue as aliens. Because, like, think about the government, the shit they did, forcing abducting people and forcing them to take LSD and shit. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's no saying that stuff like that doesn't happen and then you think it's aliens because you're tripped out on fucking LSD, you know? Right. Like... So, stuff like that could happen. It could just be bad people. Like, uh, the Toy Box Killer was a crazy serial killer that would drug people up so they wouldn't remember what he did. Weird. I'm going to check this out. Definitely. That's wild. I didn't... Yeah, I don't know of that guy. Yeah, Uh, Yeah, no, he's really fucked up. It's it's not for the faint of heart. Like, I got told about it from somebody else, so I looked into it, and it's, it's crazy fucked up. It's... It's nasty. Check this shit the fuck out as soon as I get home. Give me some. Yeah, me, I, <laughs> I'm always torn about this shit because on one hand, like it sounds cool. Like, and what was that fucking movie? Fire on the Mountain or whatever. Fire in the sky. Fire in the sky. And yeah, that's about uh, that Travis scene, uh, Meredith. Yeah, the guy that said he was abducted. But the thing, yeah. the scene where like he's being abducted, and he's in that weird tight thing. They cut open the shit over his eyes and they punch it. That shit. I don't know when that was filmed, but it is still fucking scary as shit. Yeah, it, it, it was in the creepy. 90s. Yeah, it is creepy as shit. And, yeah, I think the Mothman's fucking cool. But the problem I run into with the alien abduction shit is it always seems to me to be like two lumberjacks that don't just want to come out and be like, oh, we're having a brokeback session up here. Instead, like, uh, we were abducted by aliens, and they probed us really hard for a few days, and then we got returned. And it's like, I don't know, I mean, it just... It, it's one of those things where it just... Like, it seems cool, but like Bigfoot, man. I mean, every time someone talks about Bigfoot, some skeeter-looking motherfucker, and he's like, dude, you're <laughs> a credibility for me. 
fucking Ted Kaczynski. Yeah. Oh. Oh, it's that one show where they act like they're hunting down fucking Bigfoot. And they're like, well, we dug this pit. Bigfoot can't jump out of that pit because Skeeter can't get out. I'm like, man, Skeeter fucking, like, sighs when he stands up. Like, Bigfoot's nine foot tall and you say he can run down a fucking deer. Like, you think he can't jump out of a three foot fucking... Oh, it's like those ghost shows. I hate... And I Oh, like, yeah, ghost adventures, man. Like, and the sad thing is... <laughs> I totally believe in that shit. Like, I love the idea of that shit, but it gets ruined for me. It's like when I go to Slayer concerts, and I'm like, man, I love some fucking Slayer. And then I see Slayer fans, and I'm like, bro, could you not, like, carve swastikas in each other's forearms and, like, do cocaine off the back of the fucking urinal in the restroom and scream Slayer at the top of your lungs? You make us all look like assholes, you know? Yeah. And that's the thing with Ghost Adventures. You got some dude that he's like, a reject from Jersey fucking Shore. Yeah, fuck you, yeah. Ghost. And he, fuck like, you. He and goes, I don't believe in you. Prove you're real. Go fight. attack Aaron. Yeah. Like, screw you, dude. And he challenges like, Aaron to fight. He's like, you want to fucking fight somebody, Ghost? Why don't you come down and fight me? And then you have his buddies who are running around <laughs> with their camera. And they're like, oh, man, some pushman, man. Oh, I fell. But it makes money. And I don't know. Maybe. Did maybe. you hear that? I think the static said, hello, my name yeah. is John. Later, <laughs> yeah, later EVP revealed, you are full of shit. <laughs> maybe I just have too much pride or like I can't do that like because I love well, bullshit with people but I just can't bullshit people I like think that. it's all night vision what ghosts are scared of the light like come the fuck on turn the lights on turn off the green <laughs> shit I feel like I'm watching the Blair Witch with even more camera twitch right you know and that's the whole thing for me about it as I do believe in paranormal and supernatural and shit like that but the ghost hunter shows and the and the you know in search of yeah. and all of that shit is just a I don't know, like, it's the the carny exploitation yeah. of it, is all that it is. Yeah. It's the it's the admittance to the shit show, and it's the it's the distraction. Yeah. It's Sorry, TV. I'm not trying to get conspiracy theorist on that, but it is. It's a distraction of, of what the real thing is. What? You know, just like how the amalgamation of, like, uh, you know, like... Uh, the story of Christmas and, yeah. you know, St. Nick and, and all that fucking shit and how it's changed over years oh, yeah. and different cultures and, and shit like that, right? But, like, you know... Yeah, that's why I thought it was interesting that Krampus made a comeback all of a sudden. Like, here's this old, yeah. you know, 18th century boogeyman from, like, the Austrian-German region, like, basically a hill thing, and he came, like, became the zeitgeist. Like, every time I turned around, there was Krampus, and I thought that was kind of cool. There's a lot of old stories and stuff yeah, like that absolutely. that are being retold. But now, man, Ghost Adventures, it just... I say it sucks, man, because like when I was younger, I used to love going to fucked up places like Waverly over in Louisville, like yeah. all that stuff. Like it was, it was weird up there, man. You'd see some crazy ass shit, you know. And I'm not gonna say, oh, well, that stuff doesn't exist, because I mean, yeah, as far as I know, I've seen and heard some shit that I thought was kind of fucking weird. But the ghost adventure shit, like I said, man, it's just it's exploitation. It's basically keeping up with the Kardashians crossed with poltergeist. Yeah, yeah I mean, absolutely. Just, yeah, that's a that's a perfect ex- example of it. Yeah, what you uh, or analogy. That's exactly what it is. It is reality show based that, you know, is just like the uh, the Oak Island thing. Yeah. Oh, Jesus You know, Christ. and, and you, people are fucking like ridiculous when they think about this shit. It's because it's like, okay, for one, if something was discovered, yeah. it's going to make the news before... Yeah. It's going to be like another year before that show is going to be released. But, you and, know? And the thing, too, with Oak Island is that place has been drilled from beginning to end. If there was anything there, it's been found. You know, it's there's nothing there, people. I mean, yeah. I'm sorry. You just There hits a certain point where you just got to give up on this shit and say, you know something? 
we tried we're done with this but you know they keep because i think the camera crews are there and all that stuff it yeah. just i don't well, know well and and people what the big thing about that is is it's like you know people don't understand that they're getting paid to do that yeah. Well, it's like those uh, the storage wars or whatever, where yeah. like you know, there's a bunch of totes, and then all of a sudden, oh, but look, there's an African tiki mask in here. It's like, so you're gonna tell me that yeah. there's a bunch of pampers, a bunch of socks, some granny knickknacks, and then a four hundred dollar tiki mask that goes with absolutely nothing else in the storage unit, and that was totally in there. Or the uh, the one that got me uh, is the the guy Daryl who always got the art. Yeah, and he's like, he, oh man. Yeah, he he talked like this. Yeah, yeah that yeah. guy. Oh fuck, dude. Yeah. No, fuck that. I mean, it's uh, all a show. It yeah, is. It's, it's all it's all bargain basement entertainment yeah, and entertainment. Yeah, yeah. And if that's what it entertains you, you know, go for it. But it's just, you know, sometimes it, it can go far enough to make a mockery out of stuff that's. No, for sure. That yeah, yeah, for sure, absolutely. And I think that's exactly what what I was saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm just agreeing with you, really. Yeah, definitely, man. It, that's just like it's the equivalent uh, to a ghost of what like Billy Heen or the Seven Hundred Club is to like actual like nice normal religious people, where it just oh, makes gosh, complete mockery yeah. of them, mm. and you're just like you're involved with this shit. Like, right. Get the fuck out of here. Fuck. <sighs> fuck that shit. Or Seven. Slayer fans. Or Slayer, or Slayer fans, <laughs> which is funny because, you know, fucking Tom Mariah is a devout Catholic. Yep. yep. Uh, is in, like, goes to Mass yeah. twice a week, and which, you know, is always interesting to me to, to find out that, like, these big, like, satanic-driven bands are, like, super Catholic people. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, yeah, I, like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think if you're going to be that invested in, because I mean, when you get down to it, Satan is just, it's Christian lore. I mean, so obviously if you're super into the devil, then, you know, there's the flip side of the coin. You know, you have to believe in God at that point and everything else that goes on with Christianity. Right. Because otherwise you're not going to be like, oh, it's Satan. You're just going to be like, oh, it's, uh, you know, the Miggered Serpent or whatever in the fuck, you know, mythological beast of destruction you want to pull out of your ass. I mean, I think a lot of people that worship the Christian Satan are really just trying to piss Christians off. Oh, well, yeah, but yeah. I can't say nothing because it's fun. Because it's, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's easy to poke the bear. Metal, you know, is so. Because it pisses the Christians off. I mean, and, the Catholics. and it's good yeah, advertising. I mean, you convince the Christians that, like, you know, you're going to, like, kill a goat in there or something, or maybe there's going to be some boobs shown, or, like, whatever. I mean, back in the day, I remember the first time I saw Ozzy, I was so pissed the fuck off. Because for years, I'd heard, when you go to an Ozzy Osbourne concert, let me tell you something, Philip. Let me tell you what they do in there. First of all, there's women that will expose their breasts. And that was true. And I was okay with that. But then you also had, <laughs> and then Ozzy's going to pass around a bucket, and he's going to tell everybody they have to spit and or piss in said bucket. And then he is going to drink, drink it. it. <laughs> and all I know is I went to Ozzy, and yeah, Ozzy ran around stage like a big fucking hippie. And okay, there were chicks flashing off in the audience and shit like that, but no bucket got passed around. No bat's heads got fucking severed. Nope. You know, Ozzy basically said, I love you a whole fucking bunch, and that was it. Like, it was kind of a letdown. I mean, the first time I saw Marilyn Manson, I was just like, okay. this is Actually, I saw him over for Danzig. That was the first time I saw Manson, and I went, the fuck is this goofball's problem? And I actually, this was at a Freedom Hall. I had a 9-volt battery in my jacket pocket, because this was pre-9-11, kids, so nobody gave a fuck what you brought into the show back then. <laughs> Chain wallet? Why not? Spike jacket? Sure. Brass knuckles? Whatever. <laughs> and I was tempted to take that fucking 9-volt battery and bounce it the fuck off his head. If anybody wants to know why I had a 9-volt battery, active fucking bass pickup, 
I changed that earlier today. Put the dead one in my fucking jacket pocket. Just in case anybody wants to know. But I was tempted to bounce off Manson's head because he was annoying the fuck out of me. But I knew with my luck, if I threw it at fucking Manson, I would hit Danzig. And I might be nine feet fucking tall. But I'm not going to get my ass whooped by some tiny ass little... This was prime Danzig. And yeah, now, when he was yeah. built like yeah. a motherfucker and not... Yeah. And didn't look like... Uh, What's the, the, the meme that where it's going around? Oh, like, and it's like three liter of Mountain Dew and all that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's always the guy that's rolling out of the bed and he's and he's he's got like the comb over that's yeah. happening and he's all like <laughs> he's, Yeah, no, I mean but yeah, I didn't want I didn't want to get my ass whipped by fucking dancing. Oh, God, no. Fuck no. And I think Corn I mean, was actually the opening band and they sounded fucking terrible too. So yeah. fucking bad. Yeah. Yeah, like I've seen Corn twice and um, I I wasn't super impressed. I mean, they weren't bad, but yeah. But you've seen corn now, though. Yeah, right? that's fair. That's fair. I didn't get to see corn and corn did have a prime. I will give right, them that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when they were doing when they hit follow the leader to like issues, I think that was their like their prime. Yeah, those like three albums or however many albums yeah, it was there, good. something like that. And. And I guess that's also like my grow out of phase yeah. of them because I, I really I don't listen to anything past that like of theirs. But then again, you know, I don't listen to other stuff of theirs either because like I just don't necessarily. Well, but that happens with a lot of bands. Like I love me some Maiden, but anything past Brave New World, I'm just yeah, not it's really just going through the motions. In, yeah, like in the Blaze Bailey stuff before that, like. I have. Hey, there's no some idea. good stuff on there. There's some good stuff. Was that the Klansman is yeah. a solid ass song? Uh, the problem they ran into was they took a guy that had a good voice and did not sing in the register of Bruce, but then they wanted him to sing like Bruce, and they buried him in the mix, and it sounds like absolute crap. And it's like it's the Jason Newstead treatment on yeah. fucking injustice. For it all. really it's is. Like, Why the fuck I was about to bring up Metallica. Yeah. Actually, I was going to say yeah. I think even everybody has a prime. Yeah. You know, eventually you're just doing it for the money and you're... Yeah, God, if you're not no, going to buy no. it on vinyl, it's got to be something that, A, is like legitimately just a badass album. Like, you know, I got all Priest old stuff, all yeah. Maiden's old stuff. Or with this way things are going now, like, I'll grab something new on vinyl, just check it out. I grabbed Virgin Steel's uh, new one on vinyl just because, I mean, this point I'm going to get free for the MP3 thing. And plus, I like collecting this shit. So. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so, I mean, but yeah, I mean, I'm not going to buy, like, something that I know is a letdown. It's one of the things I love about MP3s and streaming is I can go, this band looks cool, and then I'm not out 12 bucks for a CD. <laughs> like, what was that? I bought Danzig's Black Acid Devil. Oh, my God. Disappointment. Fuck is this? I mean, ugh, there's some bands you buy them and you're just like, but every now and then you get a really great band. In a time of madness and deceit, its coming was foretold. And now, Soul Grinder has returned to become Building Crusher. From the band who brought you the prophecy of blight comes a terrifying new chapter that will leave you changed forever. This summer, dawn the armor of atrophy. Let plasma crush away and become Moving on, though, because we got a couple more questions. Uh, Phil, you run your own business. Yes. You are your own boss. You are an entrepreneur. You you give back to the community. Uh, 
as much as you can because you do out you do like sponsorships and stuff like that. You do flyers for shows yeah. or have done flyers yeah. for shows and 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 stuff like that. Um, what books? And I know you're you you're a fairly articulate. I try. Yeah, well, you, I'm not mispronouncing words and putting my well, in my but mouth. I'm super articulate. Well, I think so. I, I I I think you're you're like a well-versed person. Like you you're you're worldly to me, Thanks. which I think is awesome. Uh, what books have helped you along your journey into what you have now? Oh man, as far as books go, oh that's a big one. Uh, Stephen King wrote a lot of good stuff. H.P. Lovecraft, uh, Peter Straub's Ghost Story is probably one of the best horror novels ever written. Uh, Clive Barker did some interesting stuff when he wasn't being kind of loopy. Uh, let's see, I'm a big fantasy nerd. Um, Let's see, Patrick Rothfuss, uh, Name of the Wind, is a fantastic novel. I also love all the old dumb Dragonlance and Conan and all that stuff I used to read when I was a teenager. It's like metal. You know, you, yeah. you listen to it when you're 13, like, peace of mind. I was like, oh, this is the greatest thing ever. Yeah. And, and I still love it. I mean, and you're 48 yeah, and you yeah, still love it, you yeah. know. Still. And that's awesome. And and that's cool that, you know, you, you totally went straight into the fiction that's helped you through that. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, Ken Follett wrote a lot of historical fiction stuff where, you know, it's got a fictional element to it, but still the telling of, like, Salisbury Cathedral being built. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff out there. I mean, right. You know, I mean, I, but I'm a voracious reader. I really enjoy reading. But I'll read schlocky stuff. I'll read, you know, deep stuff. It just, it depends. Do you, do you read anything business, though? Where it, like, uh, I, I'm sure you're, you've got, with, with your business being the tattoo shop, I'm sure you have to have, like... I'll read some of those, but the problem is a lot of those are, like, self-help novels and the fact that it's telling you things that you should already know or it's just trying to get money off of you. I have read, like, um, who is that? Mr. Wonderful off his Shark Tank. I read his book. I thought that was fairly interesting. He has a very minimalistic view towards things. Like, he is a firm believer and you should not spend money on frivolous things. I mean, it's just... Uh, but, you know, as far as, like, actual, like... <laughs> I just bought a bat skull necklace <laughs> for a dollar. I, 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 I didn't say I followed it. I just said that's what he's going off of. Like, right, I get where that. It's like, you have a pet, you got to remember, you got to feed this thing, and you got to clean its ship at some point or another, which isn't wrong, per se, but I still have cats. I mean, you know, it's just the nature of the beast. But then again, I'm also, I'm a firm believer in uh, you should save money. You should be, you know fiscally frugal but at the same time man there's no point in having a bunch of money and then denying yourself things in life like you should not be like oh well i have all this money in the bank and i'm going to eat pizza you know that i hate <laughs> that i hate only do you, do you only, have all the money in the bank yeah Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I don't yeah. have all the money in the bank, man. Yeah, you I, got I, it in a jar <laughs> in the backyard. Yeah, I mean, I want to keep my money in the bank these days. That's all I'm saying. No, no shit. At least not in any American bank. No, I mean, right now, what is it like? A hundred dollars at Kroger's is the new twenty dollars at Kroger's. Like it's just getting ridiculous. I got stopped getting gas. It was like four twenty a gallon, which I did think was humorous. And then, well, actually, I think it was four nineteen, but I just rounded it up. And then I got two bags of fucking M and M's because the wife was like, "You should get some M and M's." I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna get some for. I'm gonna give me a bag so I can get all her M and M's." It's six fucking dollars for two bags of M and M's. Yeah. Now I sound like my goddamn granddad complaining about the price of groceries. It's fucking bullshit. No, but it's the fucking truth, though. You know, and that's like, that's on a whole other thing. You know. Yeah. And then no, fuck that shit. Yeah. You know. 
Uh, what about you, Darren? Have you, uh, what is, what books have helped you along your journey? Um, that's interesting. Uh, cause it's, it's been a while since I've been too deep into reading a lot more of my, my ish is just, uh, to put it in a Gen Z way, uh, is, is to watch movies and play video games. Uh, but right. from when I read, um, and what I do read, I really like, uh, like the Hobbit, I okay. love The Hobbit. Yeah. I just think it's a really good story about perseverance and, and realizing your own strength and being able to come through stuff. Yeah. You know, come out the other side and be a legend. And smoking weed. And, and, and old Toby. Yeah. Finest weed in the South Farley. Yep, yep. That Hobbit <laughs> weed, it ruined Gandalf's mind. <laughs> but, hey, man, he could do some hellacious smoke tricks. Oh, he could. Right? So, you know, we totally got to get you to dress up for the for the anniversary show. If you do like or the anniversary for yeah. uh, for the new Albany shop, if you yeah. do it at Halloween yeah. instead of on the thirteenth, you've totally got to dress up, and know. you probably have already dressed up as him before just because of your height yeah. and your look. Yeah, is Saruman? Yeah, I've gotten that one before. I'm sure yeah, you have. I got the Christopher Lee features. Yes, sure, you so. do. You you do, and you have. You don't have as near of a deep a voice as, no, as him. No, I do not have. No, but I'm sure if you really practice, that you could really come close. Yeah. I could know. sit there and be like, and lo, the hobbits come. I mean, it's just, dude. That's I mean, that was pretty good. Close. That was pretty fucking good. That was really yeah. good. That was good. <laughs> God damn, <laughs> you've got to do this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just. But no, Christopher Lee was an interesting dude. He was a renaissance guy, and he was in a metal band, too. I mean, he did yeah. a lot of shit for what was and When he was in his, fire. like, yeah. 80s, yeah. he did a metal album. Yeah. He was also special forces for yes. the British military. Uh, that was one of my favorite uh, deals when they uh, were shooting the scene where he dies. And he talks to Peter Jackson about, he's like, Grima's going to come up and stab you from behind and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And he's like, and you're just going to go, ah, and fall down, right? And he's just like, Peter, do you know what the human body does when you get stabbed in the back? You don't scream. Yeah. And he explains to him, yeah. like, the thing, because he was a, a special force yeah. in World War II and you know, killed many Nazi by stealth tactic. He also uh, yeah. terrified the shit out of uh, some communist officers while they were filming one of the Hammer Dracula movies in an <laughs> old castle. They thought they had the castle to themselves, so he went out in, like, the main room in his full costume, and there were a bunch of, like, communist, like, officers sitting around having dinner, and he said he scared the shit out of him. He's lucky he didn't get shot, honestly. <laughs> Jeez, so, Yeah, dude. there you are in, like, Romania, and all of a sudden Christopher Lee walks out as the count, and you're just like, Bleh. <laughs> <laughs> no shit, man. So there is a uh, a wrestling deck in here. Yeah. So I'm gonna bring in a wrestling deck here, and I'm sorry that this is not your jam, as they say, <laughs> or your ish. Uh, ah. What is your favorite storyline in wrestling ever? 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 Oh man, I always liked the Ministry of Darkness stuff with the Undertaker. I thought yes. it was cool as hell. Brood Gangrel got weird. Bloodline is currently a fantastic storyline that they have going. So, but yeah, I'd say Ministry of Darkness. Yeah, I get that. That's a total great one. I love that. And the NWO was cool as shit. Yes. Until it wasn't. And then it, Until it became wasn't. bad. But yeah, I Until Hogan, everybody and their cousin was in there. When Hogan went heel, though, man, I remember everybody Oh, yeah, lost I, was, their I watched mind. that live. Yep, me too. And holy shit, it's Hogan. Yeah. And then Bobby Heenan said the thing. Yeah. And it pissed everybody off because he apparently just said it and yeah. 
But me, what side is he on? Let me tell you something, Mean Gene. You need to get these people to shut the hell up if you want to hear what I have to say. Dude, <laughs> my favorite fucking moment in WCW television is that moment yeah. ever. Because at the very end of that pay-per-view, Tony Schiavone signs off the pay-per-view saying, Hulk Hogan, you go to hell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not super well-versed in wrestling, but I think a, a solid shout-out for hilarity and awfulness, honestly, is uh, the custody of Dominic. Oh, yeah. Dude, fucking. Uh, apparently, I say this about that, and it is fucking kind of funny. Uh, if you look at Ray and Dominic standing next to yeah. each other, you know, Eddie Dominic's a lot. Dad. Dominic's a lot taller, so Eddie, Eddie might have be been the yeah. poppy. Yeah. Yeah. And now that they're totally doing the poppy and mommy yeah. thing. Which, to be fair, I mean, Dominic gets crazy heat. I mean, the amount yeah. of heat that kid gets, like, he can't even talk. And also, I care, everybody says, Rhea Ripley, I'm A-OK with. So. Yeah, me too. I mean, no, like, she is a great fucking performer. Yeah, she's a great wrestler. She's great on the mic. Yeah. I mean, and she's also, she's a bad bitch. I mean, she's yeah. not like some, like, little noodle arm chick that's coming out of the women's She should be like, let's have a flat fight for the belt. Like, she's going to beat the shit out of somebody. Yeah. So. The, the mean, only thing, and, and don't get me wrong, it's she's a hot version of him, but Chris Motionless. I don't know who that is. Oh, really? Man. Motionless and White's vocalist. Oh, Jesus, you've been oh, okay. that forever. <laughs> this is like the time It's I, the, the guy who sang... Her I'm entrance. glad I don't know. The this, guy who sang her entrance music, oh. they, is, they look like their brother and sister. This, this is like the time I was admiring Ruby Rose and somebody told me she looks just like Leonardo DiCaprio. And I was like, <laughs> son of a bitch, she does look like a young Leonardo DiCaprio. Ruined forever. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now that you say that, that's insane. Uh, personally for me, I loved the, uh, the plastic surgeon angle. With Earl Hebner and Dave Hebner, I don't remember this one. This was in the eighties. This was uh, this was when uh, uh, Andre beat Hogan for the belt on Man. Saturday night's main event. Okay, and then sold the belt to Ted DiBiase. I remember all that. Yeah, and it was the lead up to WrestleMania four, where they had to vacate. They vacated the WWF championship and. Uh, then they had the tournament to uh, crown the new champion yeah. because Andre was going out, I believe, to film, and Hogan had to have uh, a surgery or something too. Okay, and it was to rotate him out, and that's when they gave the belt to Randy Savage in a tournament. So no, so Hogan didn't yeah, have to do the yeah. job, right? Well, because Hogan wasn't going to do the job. Yeah, because Hogan wasn't going to do yeah. that. Don't work for me, brother. Uh, Let me tell you something, dude. I'm just not feeling that one, brother. Yeah, it wasn't his time to lose it like that. They could, you could buy it if it were Andre. But basically, what the storyline was is they um, they uh, paid a guy to get plastic surgery to look like Dave Hebner, the referee. Yeah. And well, see, Dave's brother Earl yeah. was a ref in NWA. Okay, at the time. Um, Primarily in the North Carolina territories only. Yeah. And Jim Crockett, right? And uh, so he jumped ship when they did the twin angle. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it's two fucking guys. They look okay. the same. Yeah. So that's what they had done there. Hmm. And I've always thought that that was a, in, in like 1988 or whatever, yeah. I think that's a pretty cool fucking 
pretty cool storyline. Yeah. Uh, so we have one more question. All but right. before we get to it, as always, links are listed below. So please give a like, share, and a follow. Go find these guys on Facebook, uh, Bandcamp, Instagrams, all of that stuff. They're listed below. You could get there from there. Yeah. Otherwise, we'll come over your house and cut off your face with a linoleum knife. Oh, my God. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's fucking metal. Uh, and man, Aqua Teen Hunger Force? The fuck, I mean, who was that? Mastodon, they do the Don't Speak Listen song. That's one of the lines from that shit. Is it? Yeah. I'm Dude. just going to be there to take a picture of the body and use it in out. Yeah, because, like, the little cover. candy bars coming, like, let's go down to the movies. And then they have, like, the gumdrop with the big I'm lip actually not and an, headbutts the shit out of them. They I'm just actually start, not an Aqua Teen fan. Listen. You know, that was, that whole era, like, bypassed me. No, I, I was never a huge fan. Like, I could see the stoner humor in it, like the little Moon Knights and shit. But that part, if you just type in, like, the opening credits or the Don't Speak Listen song, because it's Mastodon, and it's some good shit. So, right. Yeah. For sure. Uh, do you all have any shout-outs you want to give to anybody? Uh, let's see. I hit up Ohm, and uh, I'll give a shout-out to our guitar players. Yeah, Gabe and, and Daryl. Oh, yeah, we got to give a shout-out to them. Uh, give a shout-out to the crew. I mean, I don't know, man. There's all kinds of people I could give a shout-out to. My mama. Yeah. I love my mama. I'll give a shout-out to his mama, uh-huh. too. Yeah. <laughs> love shout my out. dad, too, but love my mama. Do you love your, your mama even more? Yeah. Oh. No, I'm just playing. I don't actually. I'm just playing. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, there there are a lot of cool uh, bands though. You know, yeah. like uh, a Rumor of War kicks yeah. ass. I love a Rumor of War. They're pretty For fucking sure. good. And Hollow Valley, Hollow Valley rips definitely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna ask this. Uh-oh. We're gonna go with uh, the not safe for work deck. Oh no. Yeah, have, those are fun. Have you ever injured yourself during sex? Man, my mama's listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> How old are you? Uh, twenty-three. I mean, she no, probably no, knows I know, I know, I know. that I'm you've just, had sex. I, I was just trying to. Play <laughs> <laughs> um. Let's see, I can't. I can't really think of anything. Maybe some like friction burns or something like that. I mean, huh? you never like fell over and fucking like. Twisted your fucking see, knee. Think, think I mean, you're like nine feet tall. Yeah, but the reason, one of the things with that is being nine feet tall, I'm an incredibly fucking lazy person, and I'm not going to do anything that goddamn energetic. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm not like, <laughs> I ain't going to be no porn star. There's not going to be a lot of flipping shit around and like, all right, now we're going to go fucking this way. Now this, nope. Uh-uh. I'm getting the groove going, and that's it right there. <laughs> I Back on the wrestling thing really fast here. <laughs> Damn uh, it. You know, that was always the funniest fucking thing that I always heard fucking, like, in commentary, like, and during, like, the mid-90s and shit, where, like, uh, Diesel, uh, Kevin Nash yeah. was in there, and it's like, because he was so fucking tall, yeah. and they're like, yeah, but if you get him down, he's fucking, a, like, a normal-sized person. It's like, no, he's not. He's still seven foot yeah. fucking tall. He's yeah. just laying fucking down, motherfucker. Yeah, it's not, <laughs> it's not easy to go. But no, I mean, I've never, like, had any tragedies of, like, having to go to the hospital or anything no. like that. Right. No no piercings getting caught, like, no. together. No, nothing like that. No unfortunate instance involving braces or, like, yeah. smack anything up against a piece of wood and busting anything or anything Damn. like that. So, I've been pretty careful. 
Jesus. Well, I've been doing it a long time. I hear all kinds of interesting hey, shit from I, my customers, and I'm like, what the fuck? Right. I didn't say I haven't done anything crazy. I just said I haven't fucked up. No. You haven't gotten hurt yet. <laughs> you, haven't, you haven't injured yourself yeah. enough. Man, I mean, for some people, the injury is part of the fucking fun. There's people out there who yes. make good money. I thought I made decent money until I started talking to some professional dominatrixes. And I was like, man, for that kind of money, I'll pour a fucking candle wax on a dude's chest and fucking kick him in the dick and tell him he's ugly. <laughs> I, mean, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Go do my dishes, bitch. <laughs> oh. Pay me. We're not going to top that. <laughs> we are not. It's just physically physically impossible to top what you just said. Uh, thank you, I, Phil. I welcome. love you to death. <laughs> <laughs> On our way out today. Thank you. No, seriously. <laughs> thank you all for coming into the Metal Forge this no, week. This has been a fucking me. blast. This has been so so much fucking fun from yes. the EP. Yeah. What are we going to play out? What do you want to play? We just want to do a single. You want to do uh, Bleed Them Dry or... Yeah, I think Bleed Them Dry is a pretty kick-ass song. Yeah, that's the first yeah. single off of it, so might as well play that one. Uh, yeah, go for awesome. it, man. That one rips ass. Here it is. Bleed Them Dry. <laughs> Sacred, I came. It's to take the flesh of the spirit to die.
in 2017. One man's vision and passion for all things metal started out as a record store in his house. Years later, the fight against a mainstream empire continues as Shade Beast. An independent metal collective and online store based in Athens, Georgia, is the world's premier heavy metal brand for music heads that value authenticity over the mainstream acceptance. Featuring original t-shirts from some of the best underground artists, as well as stickers, posters from the Shade Beast Presents concert series. Unique, one-of-a-kind collectibles and small curated selection of vinyl and cassettes from the masters old and new. Visit ShadeBeast.com and enter promo code SITHLORD for free domestic shipping on your first order, whether you're a new customer or returning. And be sure to join the Shade Beast social groups on Facebook and the interwebs to keep up with the new release announcements and talk all things metal and Star Wars. You'll never find a more wretched hive of scum and filth. Welcome to the night. You think you know Night Demon? Then the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast is for you. Step into the darkness as we peel back the curtain to give you an unprecedented, all-access look into the mind and the heart of the demon. We're talking band history, song analysis, studio anecdotes, stories from the road. It's everything a diehard Night Demon fan could want and more. This is the only place to learn the inside scoop the deep dive trivia, the untold tales from the band members themselves and those closest to the Night Demon story. Need more? The sacred Night Demon crypt will be pried open to reveal demo recordings that have never before seen the light of day. All with in-depth commentary by the band and the people who were there for the writing and recording process. This is a gold mine, a treasure trove of all things Night Demon. Head over to nightdemon.net or wherever you listen to podcasts. Since 2013, there has been a calling from the underground, from the graves of all those unholy, and they decided to make a zine to talk about all of this. Soul Grinder Zine! An independent metal zine to keep you informed on all things metal and horror from the underground. Available in both print and digital formats, they're bringing you the best interviews and reviews out there today. Not only do they do the zine, but they also do compilation CDs. Check them out at facebook.com soulgrinder.zine and start your subscription now. Hey everybody, let me tell you about the new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Unchained Tapes. They're an independent Pennsylvania tape label. They focus on extreme metal and punk with a killer approach to the tape scene. Visit their web store at unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com now to get your fill of tapes. And for being a Metal Forge listener, enter the code METALFORGE10 at checkout to get a 10% discount on your total purchase. 
That's unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com. What's up, Metal Forge fans? This is Alan Bishop, the alchemist of Indiana's Black Forest and head distiller at Spirits of French Lick. Do you find yourself drawn to the unexplained, fascinated by the Fortean, or enchanted by the paranormal? If the things that go bump in the night resonate in your mind, then tune into my brand new podcast, If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything. Featuring first-hand accounts, collected stories, interviews, history, and speculation related to all things not of this world. Available now on Anchor, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and more. Set back, relax, and remember, if you have ghosts, you have everything. Hey, let me tell you guys about Mercenary Press. They're an independent London label and distributor of all things metal. Mercenary Press delivers the goods from their own independent zine. Trust me, you're going to want to get in on that. To distributing various bands from all over the world, including Cramp from Spain and Sadistic Force from Texas. Visit mercenarypress.bigcartel.com to find out what all they have in stock and what you can order. And for Metal Forge listeners, enter code MetalForge10 to receive a discount on your total purchase at mercenarypress.bigcartel.com. Check it out now. Hey, Metalheads, it's with great pleasure I get to tell you guys about a new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Ageless Art, New Albany. After 20 years of owning and operating Ageless Art in Clarksville, Indiana, Phil Garrett had a vision for a new type of tattoo studio, something that is clean and modern, sleek, refined, inviting. And he's done just that with Ageless Art in New Albany. You can find it at 2736 Charlestown Road, New Albany, Indiana, 47150. Business hours are Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sundays are 12 to 6. All sessions are appointment only, so give them a call and go get you some new ink. Or if it's your first time, go get your first one, baby. Maxwell's House of Music in Jeffersonville, Indiana is the premier 12,500 square foot music superstore that has served both Southern Indiana and Louisville, Kentucky metro area for over four decades. Originally founded by Marvin and Beverly Maxwell in the 70s, this gym remains a Maxwell family-owned business. Mark Maxwell, along with his business partner, Whitney McNichol, continued the reputation as being the national resource for all things music. In 2022, the iconic Guitar Emporium of Louisville relocated to Maxwell's Music, creating the largest independently owned showroom in the region. The retail offerings at Maxwell's Music includes a huge selection of guitars, basses, amplifiers, effects pedals, modeling amps, keyboards, drums, banjos, mandolins, ukuleles, sound systems, stage lighting equipment, and accessories. 
The music education program at Maxwell's is second to none. From private instrument and voice lessons to DJ, EDM, recording, songwriting, and music theory, to Rock School, Weekend Warriors, and Maxwell's Music Lab, there is something for every age and every ability level. Down in repair land, guitar and instrument repairs and refurbishment are taken care of by the Maxwell's team of expert guitar technicians and luthiers. They also do appraisals of instruments as well. Maxwell's offers installations for professional audio, visual, and lighting systems for schools, churches, clubs, VFWs, funeral homes, sports fields, and so much more. There's also rentable space at Maxwell's, from the music practice and rehearsal rooms for the individuals and bands, all the way to a meeting space and concert venue that seats up to 120. That also includes a professional audio, visual, and lighting system and a sound booth. Maxwell's has it all. All this plus original functioning 1947 recording booth to make your own record. Go to the Guitar Hero Throne, to the very own Elvis statue, and don't forget the Harmony Green Pocket Park. There's a reason the Maxwell's House of Music in Jeffersonville, Indiana has been recognized by the National Association of Music Merchants as a number one award-winning best store design, as well as top 100 music store year after year. You gotta see it to believe it. Maxwell's House of Music in Jeffersonville, Indiana. (laughs) 